Hello, my name is Joe Fricky, and welcome to the 10th episode of Movie Changeup, where every week two people go head-to-head pitching reboots to movies we all love and love to hate, but with a little added twist. Because every week there are also new rules they must follow. One rule per movie, and you can't use a rule more than once. Now, before we start, if you've seen or listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you probably know that we do nine movies with nine rules every episode. Well, our goal is for the podcast to be between two and two hours and 15 minutes long. With nine minutes, Johnny and I decided that isn't consistently feasible, so we have cut down to seven movies and seven rules. Now, to help me determine the winner in today's head-to-head matchup is my consulting judge. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. It's Tristan back to be consulting this time. I was judging last week. I'm taking a little bit of a a sidestep here to be the coach on Joe's shoulder. So we'll see how this goes. It's video game movies, so I'm very excited for it this week. Right. Yeah. And uh, now both competitors today are coming off a win. Our first competitor uh, currently has a four and one record beating me in his last match. Why don't you tell the viewers who you are and how you're feeling? Hello, everyone. I'm Johnny Dupe. I'm feeling uh, pretty strong after at least winning my last two, um, possibly three in a row. But I know I've uh, beaten Joe twice uh, in a row. So I'm happy about that. And uh Usually we have movies we love, and this week we chose all video game movies. So there are definitely no movies that we love. So we focused on the movies we love to hate um, type of category here. All right. And our other competitor is currently one and three, defeating our consulting judge in his last match. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us how you're feeling, and also double check your Venmo account because the money doesn't seem to have cleared yet. (laughs) Hey, this uh, this is Bobby Mitchell, and yeah, I'm Coming off my first win, which I, uh, I'm happy about, hoping to carry carry that momentum forward. I will have to check that Venmo account to see if it did come through. But um, no, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to pitching these movies. They're all really bad, um, so we are going to change them a ton. All right. Uh- before we start, if you're listening to us through a podcast app, go to YouTube and find this episode of Movie Change Up. Give us a thumbs up, a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, go to your favorite podcast app, download this episode, and give us a rating and review. If you think we gave you a five-star podcast, give us a five-star review. If you think we gave you a four, three, two, or even a one-star podcast, be a bro and still give us that five-star review. Now, today's seven movies are Assassin's Creed from 2016, Hitman from 2007, Need for Speed from 2014, Rampage from 2018, Resident Evil from 2002, Street Fighter from 1994, and Warcraft from 2016. And uh, Tristan, why don't you tell us the uh, seven rules? All right, we have seven rules here. Hopefully they can help make those terrible movies a little bit better. Uh, The first rule is one must be a Tim Burton movie. Second is one must be Oscar bait. The third is one must be a Jordan Peele movie. The fourth is one must have Captain Jack Sparrow. Fifth is one must be a stoner comedy. The sixth is one must be cast in a 1990s movie. And the final and seventh rule here is a lead cast member must sing the movie's theme song. All right. And if you need a refresher on the rules in the movies, uh, they're both in the description. Also, if you're watching live, please feel free to comment and we'll respond during the stream. And we have determined who starts uh, before the show. And I believe Johnny won that competition. Uh, Johnny, what movie are we going with and who's going first? We're starting with uh, the Aaron Paul classic, Need for Speed, and Bobby's going to lead us off. All right, and uh, before Bobby starts, I'm going to give a little uh, description for the movie. 
All right, Need for Speed earned a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not a great score, which is you'll find consistent through all seven of these movies. Uh, Need for Speed, it's a 2014 sports action thriller starring Aaron Paul, Dominic Cooper, Rami Malek, and Michael Keaton. It tells the story of street racer Toby Marshall, who sets off to race cross-country as a way of avenging his friend's death at the hands of a rival racer, Dino Brewster. All right. Bobby, what do you <laughs> didn't, got? didn't know any uh, of that. <laughs> well, I, I knew nothing of that movie other than Aaron Paul and Michael Keaton, so uh, thanks. Um, but so, uh, yeah, my need for speed to start off is going to be directed by David Gordon Green, who did uh, Pineapple Express. Um, he also did the recent like Halloween movie. Um, and based on that, you're probably going to know my rule. Uh, my cast is going to include Seth Rogen, Danny McBride, uh, Dave Franco, and uh, as like a member of this gang that I'm going to have in the movie, and then well as Vince Vaughn, who's going to be the head of the gang. So I'm making this a stoner comedy because really you can do just about anything with Need for Speed as long as there's racing in it. Um, so basically a couple of stoners are told they're moving too slow in life. They're stuck in their jobs. They're not getting along with anyone. They're, they're just kind of stuck in the mud. Um, and when they're high, they take this a little too literally and they seek out a street racing gang. Um, they get initiated into the gang because when they're high, they do these crazy uh, driving stunts that people are kind of amazed at. And then it kind of shows you're going to get shown later in the movie that the, they're actually just really bad, but they get initiated because they're willing to risk their lives and they need someone that's kind of expendable. Um, so you get that comedy in there. Uh, they get caught up in this dangerous gang led by Vince Vaughn. You have Dave Franco. You have just a, you know, it's that same group of actors that are in a lot of their movies. Um, and there are, their goal is to pull off a heist in the middle of a highway with two armored cars. Um, so they're going to be stealing the money and that are, that's being transferred between two banks. You're going to get a lot of racing prepping for it. You're going to get a lot of, uh, then the big third act race at the end of the movie on the highway to try to get this heist going. Um, and you kind of have that Pineapple Express kind of crazy ending where they're these two, you know, out of the, uh, out of their element guys going into this, trying to, cause they don't want to commit the crime. So they, uh, end up like doing these weird, crazy stunts and like saving the drivers. And it's just kind of a big, crazy third act with them. And they, they have everyone arrested at the end. And it's, it's just, it's, it's Pineapple Express tone. It's a stoner comedy with them in this, in the middle of this gang. All right. All right. Interesting. My initial idea for need for speed was to make it a stoner comedy and they needed speed, the drug. Um, So that was my original idea. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but I, I went away from that and I, and I made a movie that I actually would have liked to see. So my rule that I'm using right off the bat is I'm making this a a 1990s movie. Um, It's going to be uh in 1996 movie directed by Tony Scott, uh, who had just be coming off True Romance. Uh, he did Crimson Tide, which is a great racing movie in 1990. Or sorry, not Crimson Tide, Days of Thunder. And then he also did Crimson Tide, which is a great submarine movie. Um, but Days of Thunder, great racing movie. Um, my lead character's name is going to be Drew Miller. That's going to be played by Christian Slater, who was a big star in the 90s. He was in Heathers. He was in True Romance uh, with Tony Scott. Uh, my Samantha uh, is going to be Nicole Kidman, who's in Days of Thunder, big in the 90s as well. My street crew, um, this is like the good guy street crew. I didn't name them all, but just to give you an idea of kind of the tone of uh, what I'm going for, my 
Um, Michael Rappaport, he's been in a ton of movies. Uh, he's on sports stuff too, but he was in True Romance. Um, Damon Waynes, he was in The Last Boy Scout. And Lisa Bonet, who was uh, eventually in Enemy of the State uh, with Tony Scott. This would have been her first movie with him. Um, and my villain's names are TJ Ridley. That's going to be played by Val Kilmer. And uh, his girlfriend, Melissa, is going to be played by Ellen Barkin, who was in The Fan and This Boy's Life. She was pretty big in the 90s as well. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of my cast so I can read my pitch to you so you can kind of picture who every character is. Um, an up-and-coming street racer named Drew Miller is making a name for himself in the underground racing scene. Um, after winning a street race through downtown Olympic City, he is befriended by a woman named Samantha. She invites him to be in their crew, promising to hook him up with custom cars and parts they have access to that he does not. Um, while gaining notoriety as the gang's lead racer, um, he gains the attention of a rival street gang led by TJ, uh, played by Val Kilmer, and his girlfriend, Melissa, played by Ellen Barkin. Um, while driving uh, to a date with Samantha, Drew is run off the road and almost killed by TJ. Drew swears revenge on TJ by challenging him to a race. The final race between Drew and TJ is full of fun action with TJ having spikes on his wheels and trying to um, you know, break down his car and get him killed. Melissa uh, interfering, trying to drive Drew off the road before Samantha drives in and stops her. And at the end of the day, Drew wins the race, gets the girl and defeats TJ and gains the respect of the rival street gang. So that's my uh, Tony Scott action movie that we didn't get enough of because he sadly uh, passed away too soon. Um, and I wanted to kind of make an action movie in his prime that fit his tone. All right. Yeah. I kind of see what both of your movies are. I'm leaning a certain direction. Uh, Tristan, uh, what are your thoughts right now? Interesting. I think they're very different takes. They both capture the sort of core of the racing and the fun racing and sort of the ridiculousness of racing games. And I think uh, the 90s one is definitely a really good cast. It's a good cast of 90s names, and I could see a lot of them taking on those like action roles. So I would, I would have a lot of fun watching that movie in the 90s. But I do think Bobby's is a good use of the rule i think turning this into a stoner comedy would be a really creative choice and it's something that i think could be really fun to see so i'm kind of split in the middle here can't wait to hear him argue it out and my main question for bobby is like how i mean i understand you had to make one movie a stoner movie but how is your movie still like need for speed because johnny's to me sounded a little more like what i would expect from the video game movie like i understand there's the racing aspect in the heist but yeah, so basically, I mean, it is a actual street racing gang, so I didn't want to make my pitch too long, and I would kind of get into it with my argument, but basically, they, they are racing throughout the movie in prep for this, and they're racing right. other gangs, so that's pretty much the like how they get into that throughout the movie. All right, yeah, so I'm going to let you guys find it out and see if my mind's changed. Yeah, Bobby, so to me... Go ahead. I'll, Bobby, you start. You well, I was just going to say... Yours is definitely, it is a need for speed movie. It just, to me, it sounds very, like, other than that, it's a Tony Scott movie and he's a good director. It sounds relatively generic and and kind of similar to what they were going for with the 2014 version. Um, so I like your cast better than, two, like, I like, you know, both need for speed, the 2014 one and yours have a good cast. Yours has a better director. It would be a fun movie, but I just find mine would be a lot more entertaining and would last a lot longer than being a generic action movie. Um, because I mean, Danny McBride is awesome. It's him and Seth Rogen. Um, and you know, David Gordon Green, I love Pineapple Express. That movie sticks with me, um, as just a really ridiculous, crazy, fun movie. And that's what I want to see with the racing in this. I want to see them going in and while they're high thinking they're pulling off these insane stunts and then cutting away and having the comedy of showing what they're really doing. 
Um, and then, you know, but they're actually pulling something off. It's just not what they're thinking it is type, you know, that's how they get initiated. But uh, I just think that stands out to me a lot more than yours, which I think I would watch once and just be like, Oh, okay. Okay. Um, here's, here's my thing with yours is when you first said the idea of making a stoner movie, I thought, you know, them getting in would actually be kind of a fun change up of stoner movies, but then you pitched it and it just sounds very similar to pineapple express. And that shitty one where I think it was Jesse Eisenberg was like a pizza delivery guy. And he gets like a bomb collar put around his neck, which is a movie I cannot recall. Um, uh, but I saw it in three minutes. minutes and no, no. Uh, 30 minutes or less. So yeah. Your movie actually sounds way too close to those, and it doesn't sound different enough, which at first I was like, okay, it might be tough to fight a movie that's like a stoner comedy with a new twist. And in reality, especially picking the Pineapple Express director, I don't think yours is that different from um, those types of movies. And the racing just seems kind of pointless because it doesn't uh, seem unique enough. So for mine, you know, yeah, we you can say mine sounds generic, but what I like about my movie, if you read the plot of pretty much any good action movie, it's going to sound generic. The things that make action movie good are the directors and the cast. So Tony Scott, he was red hot in the nineties made, you know, he was the best action director in the world, probably in the nineties. You know, no one, no one could touch what he was doing. Um, So I wanted to go days of thunder type of action with true romance style humor with a good fun cast. So that's like the thing that we didn't really get in terms of like combining his movies. It was a lot of either straight action or dramas like Crimson Tide or kind of funnier movies, but I like the blend of it. So I want to give him more of that. Like, you know, like, like true romance was probably his best in terms of doing that um, with both action and comedy. So I wanted to do basically mine is like the original fast and furious style action and racing because that movie you know, takes itself very seriously, but with the comedy and the characters of the new Fast and Furious movies, but it's more down to earth. And that I feel like is something that Tony Scott could have accomplished and something that I don't usually love racing movies, but it was something that I I would like to see, you know, Damon Wayans, Michael Rapport being the funny characters. Yours sounds just like the episode of Psych when they go into the street racing gang, except expanded to a full length movie, you know? And I, I don't yeah. think anyone needs that. Yeah. And I, I pretty much just have one more like rebuttal thing. And I think we could probably be done with this, but basically, yeah, yeah like I, I, your movie, like I said, there's really not a ton to say because you made it, like you said, it's an action movie and it's need for speed. Like you made a, what people would expect from a need for speed movie. But to me, that's boring. Um, and what David Gordon Green did in Halloween shows how versatile he is. And I feel like he can show like tenseness with Vince Vaughn and like that group, some cutaways to crazy comedy and, um, and do some fun, just really fun racing in action that I don't know. We'd, we, we haven't really seen that in the other, like you said, 30 minutes or less. And um, like the end of pineapple express has a lot of guns. That's pretty much it. So I think this one, we haven't seen those movies in a long time. Those type of movies. Yeah, because he went and did like Your Highness and that movie bombed. Right, right. But but this is going to be kind of a return to form of being like, okay, what made those movies funny? What made them memorable? We haven't had them in a while. Return to that, get that style, but with a new twist um, and try to make an actual long lasting video game movie that people are going to keep watching. All right. Yeah, I think I think my mind's made up. But Tristan, what are your thoughts right now? 
I'm I'm liking both of the pitches. I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards Johnny just because I think it fits more with what I would want if I was going in for a Need for Speed movie. Like I'm not a huge fan of the games, but I've played a few of them, and I feel like if I if I was like a big fan of Need for Speed and I wanted this to get Need for Speed movie, I'd want to see this action. And I think the biggest knock on it is that it feels like Fast and Furious. It feels like stuff we've had before. But if it's in the 90s, it's, we haven't had those yet, you know. So I think that's a little bit of an out that, sure, we've gotten Fast and Furious a lot now. But if this came out in the 90s, it would be a little bit of a new thing. So I'm, I'm going towards Johnny on this one. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, I think if Bobby went further with the weed thing, like he basically just cast stoners and kind of went with that tone. But if it was like weed that they were stealing instead of money and other things and made it more of like what I expect from a stoner comedy and have weed more involved in the plot, then I think I might go his direction. But it was more stoners just in the movie in a more comedy style uh, Need for Speed movie. And Johnny sounded really interesting to me. And I liked his cast a lot. And so, yeah, I think we can go with Johnny for uh, Need for Speed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that did sound like a fun movie, so I'm good. I, I read, and I based my, literally, like, Samantha, Melissa, like, those characters are actually from, like, Need for Speed Underground. That was kind of what I based off. That was, like, the only game I really knew. So yeah, I was like, and, well, we'll uh, go with, like, that's the person that helps you get into the car and stuff and be more. The, the original Need for Speed was, like, you're in sports cars and you're just racing. And then they made the underground games and that's what blew up the yeah. franchise and made it bigger. Yeah. The only game of these seven that I've ever played is need for speed underground too. So there we, there go. we go. Yeah, I played one of them at some point and I don't know which cool. one. <laughs> Bobby, where are we going next and who's uh, going first? Um, let's do resident evil and I'll have Johnny go first. All right. Let me uh, put that on the board or on the screen. And uh, Resident Evil, it got a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, It's an action horror film starring Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez, uh, borrowing elements from the video games Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2. The film follows amnesiac amnesiac heroine Alice and a band of Umbrella Corporation commandos as they attempt to contain the outbreak of the T-virus at a secret underground facility. There we go. That's my description for Resident Evil. All right. I... uh... This might sound a little familiar rule-wise because I'm making Resident Evil a stoner comedy, um, which isn't originally what I I wanted to do, but I like my pitch. So my director is Eli Craig, who did, if you've never seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, uh, go see it. It's a fantastic uh, movie. Um, My lead character, Chris, is going to be played by Shamik Moore, who is in Dope um, and Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse. Um, my, uh, his girlfriend, Jill is going to be played by Sammy Henratty. She plays like crazy Cassidy, which is Carl's girlfriend slash wife in shameless. Um, she's really funny. My, um, other two characters, it's another couple that's with them. So Barry is going to be played by Tony Revolori, who is in Grand Budapest Hotel and Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and then Rebecca is his girlfriend. Um, and that's going to be played by Bella Thorne, who is in the Duff. She's on the Scream TV show. I think she was in that Adam Sandler movie blended, um, but don't hold that against her. Um, so here's, here's the pitch of my movie. It's about two, it's two stoner couples. They go camping in a secluded forest in raccoon city. Um, they go exploring and find an old creepy mansion. The guys think it's funny to go explore. The group gets high and sits around a table with strange markings on it. They realize the old table has words carved into it. Barry reads the words and they all feel a strange wind circulating around them, but just start laughing and smoke more weed. The mansion is soon attacked by zombies. 
The group of stoners must survive a zombie invasion, but they think it is just a group of strangers trying to steal their drugs. They will protect their drugs at all costs. Um, so my movie is going to be more of a setup for Tucker and Dale uh, versus evil style of humor where the kids think they're, they're killers and these kids keep dying and uh, Tucker and Dale think that it's like mass suicide. So it's like characters that are not aware of the uh, situations around them. So like a zombie's head gets cut off at first, they're scared. And then it cuts to them smoking around a table with like a joint in a zombie's head and stuff like that. That's, that's like the type of humor I'm going to, I'm going to be going for here. Um, and it's going to be, you know, stoners getting attacked by zombies. All right. Bobby. Okay. So, yeah, so this, I was debating what to do with this because I actually have played a good amount of these games and they are, they're fun. Um, and the movies are nothing like it at all. Um, and so I was like, you know, what rule can really have me pitch a true Resident Evil movie? And that is the only one that works is to make this a Jordan Peele movie, uh, which I think is, although it could be obvious, makes perfect sense. And he fits it to the T um, because a lot of it has to deal with containing an outbreak. You have the social commentary of the pandemic and all that. And then you have horror and that's what Jordan Peele's great at. So my cast, uh, you really only need a few, I'm going to make this kind of a smaller movie with kind of a setup. And then you're focusing on three main characters. Um, you have uh, Chris Redfield, who is the main character in Resident Evil played by Winston Duke. You have Jill Valent Valentine played by Janelle Monet. Um, and those are kind of your two main leads. And then you have Albert Wesker is going to be played by Denzel Washington. And he is the lead of this group. And I'll explain that uh, based on the games. So this is basically going to be them trapped in a mansion uh, on a mission, which is kind of what the first game is uh, outside of Raccoon City. Um, the T-Virus was developed by the Umbrella Corporation and the STARS group, it's a special police unit, is sent in to kind of help contain the virus and stop them from developing um, tyrant, which is what they're trying to use it for, which is kind of this bioweapon. So once we get in there, though, it's more of a it's the these three people uh, in a mansion trying to fend off these zombies. You get a lot of the Jordan Peele horror as well as comedy thrown in there. You get amazing leads. Um, you get commentary on the pandemic as they're trying to keep the virus contained. Um, and then what happens at the end of the movie is you realize that Albert Wesker is actually there and that's Denzel Washington to um, use the virus for his own means. Um, and so he becomes kind of the villain that they're trying to stop at the end. He betrays them. Uh, this is the plot of like the first Resident Evil and sets up a lot more movies. Um, and I think these leads just create a really good setup for a franchise. Uh, and Denzel Washington can be a great villain. Uh, and you actually get what the story of the game is instead of just a generic action movie. All right. Tristan, what are you what are you thinking right now? Do you know uh, right now, about Resident Evil? Yeah, I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I've played almost every game in the Resident Evil series. <laughs> so I'm definitely leaning towards Bobby's just because it's a lot more faithful to the series. It feels like something that I would I mean, just listening to the pitch, I was like getting excited as a fanboy. I was like, Wow, I would love to see this cast of these characters and you know, the Umbrella Corporation and Tyrant, those are our things that like I recognize from the game and it would be interesting to see them taken on by Jordan Peele. So I'm definitely leaning towards Bobby's Johnny's. Sounds like it'd be funny. But it sounds like more of Tucker and Dale. It sounds like just a zombie sonar comedy and not like a Resident Evil sonar comedy. So I'm leaning towards Bobby's here, definitely. All right. Yeah, so that leads me to my question for Johnny is what makes your movie still Resident Evil and not just a movie that it's the title? I mean, I think really all you need to make it 
like a Resident Evil movie are zombies. Like in the game, yeah, you follow these one characters that do it, sure, but there's plenty of people in that universe that you're just not following that are experiencing this that aren't special forces and stuff. So I think taking a idea of a game and using that to show like normal people happening in the world, I think would be, would be funny and would be like a fun new twist on games. We have a million of these stupid resident evil movies. They're all terrible. So I think the best thing to do for the franchise of resident evil is to stray as far away from that franchise as you can. So you can be like, all right, this is our string of resident evil movies. This is our first group of it. And then sure at the end, throw in, you know, that like the, you know, homages to like the news coverage and being like, you know, the umbrella Academy and whatever is just done through news coverage. That's all you have to do. Like brought into it. Like what I don't think that's the name of the uh, enterprise. I think that's just a show. But exactly like it's stupid. Like, that's the thing. You're the biggest thing in like one of the biggest shows in the world right now is the Umbrella Academy. Don't have a fucking movie that comes out and uses the name Umbrella because that's all people are going to think about, um, especially people who don't follow the game. So, you know, I, it, to make any movie a stoner comedy, I, I didn't ding Bobby on his not following true to the to the games because you can't stay true to the games with a stoner comedy. So I think I did my best version of what I could do to make it a fun version of both resident evil and a stoner comedy all right i'm gonna gonna let you guys fight it yeah so i think to me all of that sounded like digging a big hole personally for that movie um really resident evil is way different the games are so different than those movies that this does separate it on mine yours the thing with resident evil it actually does have a really good storyline and you're throwing it all out in the you're just making a generic zombie movie and I get that, yeah, you want to make a stoner comedy, so you're making zombies. But you could have done that and involved the story of Resident Evil, Evil way more. And I would have, it would have been a Resident Evil movie. This is just setting stoners in a zombie apocalypse, which you can do across any type of franchise, any type of setup. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't pertain to Resident Evil at all, um, other than zombies. Hey, hey. Okay, except they go into a mansion, there's an old TV, and they're playing the game Resident Evil. That's all you need in in a movie like mine. Here's my problem with yours. I think your movie sucks because you stuck so close to the original, and I get like Tristan says initially, oh, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil, so I want to see it. Stay true to the games. You know what I don't need? Jordan Peele, who's the most creative and unique filmmaker in the world right now, held down by following someone else's material. That's why he is producing Candyman and not directing it. If he is directing a movie, I don't want it to have pretty much anything to do with the source material and have him go his own way because he's a better writer and he's a better director when he's doing his own stuff. Like Us is a super original movie and so is Get Out and those are good because he didn't have another source material that held him back. You're wasting Jordan Peele. I know you said Jordan Peele fit because it's a horror movie. No, Jordan Peele doesn't fit because he is a unique, creative uh, horror director. That's I mean, why I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I don't if, have him as mine. If Bobby had, without the rule, had decided to cast Jordan Peele as the director, I would say you have a point. But when one of the rules no, but, is you have but to make here's one my of thing, though. movie, he this was kind is of like having, but this is like having Space Jam on a list of of nine movies and saying, "Oh, I'm going to make Space Jam my sports movie." Like I went a different way with it because. You're just going to make, yeah, I get Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele has made two horror movies and he's producing Candyman, but 
if you're going to use Jordan Peele as your movie, I think Jordan Peele's best skill is not that he is a horror director. It's that he is one of the most creative and unique and original directors in Hollywood. So like for my pitch for him, I wanted to focus more on that. So I was like, I'm not putting him anywhere near Resident Evil because that would just be like Hollywood saying, Jordan Peele, you're good at making horror movies. Now you're going to make a generic shitty horror movie. But that you're not going to do anything with And you probably don't know because you haven't played them, but I stripped away a lot of the bullshit that's in uh, that's in Resident Evil and all of the stuff that would hold him down. It, I left him a ton of freedom. You can do a lot with this in a very simple simple premise with a global scale. It, I mean, Res- Jordan Peele, yeah, he's very creative. He can take this premise with these amazing actors and make a tense, fun horror movie with a twist Some a lot of people won't see coming unless they have played the games. And if you've played them, I mean, you know, the, the whole point of Denzel Washington is you trust this guy and he's going to pull off some cool twist at the end where he becomes the villain. And Jordan Peele can do that well. But really, it's he he provides the right tone. He provides the right type of humor that would keep people interested. He can do uh, some very interesting things with the zombies. His creativeness can come in the types of zombies you see. This is created by a virus that they're using to do a lot of other things. So you can have the different types and of zombies. You can have the fast and slow. You can have things that are more um, mutated and that of a zombie because they're testing stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like what Johnny's talking about is how, Jordan Peele is really good and he's original, but what a lot of what makes him original is he has really good social commentary in his horror. So uh, Bobby, is there, what social commentary is there in your movie that makes it a Jordan Peele movie? That's why I said right away, the social commentary is, I mean, it's, it's a zombie movie. You have a virus. That's an outbreak. You're, you're using it towards the pandemic um, and you, and have people trying to stop the spread. So that's the whole setup to the movie getting into it and why uh, Denzel Washington is trying to betray it and use it for his own. Cause he knows that he can manipulate people. That's okay. My real quick rebuttal. And there's not much else we got to say in this, oh, but yeah. Jordan Peele is a very outspoken person on Twitter and about social issues. If he's going to make a political commentary movie right now or anytime soon, it is not going to be about the pandemic. It's going to be about police brutality in this country and things like that. You didn't include the stuff that he would actually be passionate about making a social commentary about. And your movie doesn't actually have anything to do with the pandemic just because it's a zombie movie. If your movie was about Denzel Washington being like the president who lied to the country and then everyone turned into zombies because they could have prevented it. That's more of what Jordan Peele would do with his social commentary. Your movie doesn't actually have that in it at all. You just mentioned the word pandemic. That's that's all. I mean, I. Yeah, if you guys are if you guys are set on your, well, I, I don't know. I feel I, I think I know where I'm going to go. But Kristen, as someone who's never watched Resident Evil or played half a second of Resident Evil, I want to know what Tristan's thoughts are right now. Yeah, I mean, I played pretty much all the games. I've tortured myself by watching all the movies, and uh, I think what Bobby does well here is that he sticks to the core of the games, but he doesn't like just follow the direct plot. You know, it's not like a beat for beat Resident Evil adaptation. And I think the biggest problem with those movies is, of course, they're terrible. Of course, they're like B-level action. But the biggest problem is that they go so completely off the wall and away from the games that there's like no audience. You know, like an action fan's not going to want to see them because they're bad. A game fan's not going to want to see them because they're bad. And I think at least Bobby's it, one sounds like it has a great cast and great director. And sure, Jordan Peele is 
uh, a little bit locked into horror right now and it might not be the most creative choice for him, but I think he's locked into horror because he makes really good horror movies and I would be super excited to see him announced to be directing this. So I'm going for Bobby here. Yeah, I agree with Johnny to a point of, I don't know how much like uh, Jordan Peele's going to sign up for a Resident Evil movie. But I, I disagree slightly with Johnny as I feel like there is a social commentary there and maybe it's not 100% of what he's talking about on Twitter, but there is a certain level of social commentary. And I feel like Johnny's movie isn't really a Resident Evil movie at all. It's just like a zombie movie with stoners. And I felt like he could have introduced the T-virus and made it more a movie that makes that it starts and maybe they put it in weed and that's how it started and that's how it spread. And I just felt like there wasn't any really like he threw in the umbrella corporation, like at the end as like a reference and all no, I threw movie. in the umbrella Academy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just, I really got no the amount of research I put into resident evil. Yeah. yeah I just felt like there's no resident evil vibes in his movie. So I'm going to go with Bobby on this one for uh, resident evil. So we're tied up one to one, and so it's sure. Johnny's I was, pick. I, I was gonna do uh, again with that one. I was gonna do Jordan Peele, and I was like, no, because uh, I don't know enough about Resident Evil to make an interesting Jordan yeah. Peele movie, and that's definitely what Bobby's gonna do because he's played the game. So that's why I did not waste <laughs> my Jordan Peele pick on a movie I knew I'd lose. Um, so we're gonna go with um. Mm-hmm. Can I pick the other one on my first page? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go Street Fighter. All right, perfect. And, um, and who just went first, Bobby or me? Yeah, I, I did. I, I no, went, you, uh, you did. I went first. You Bobby, you go first this time. All right, so first. I'll give a little backstory on Street Fighter. It's from 1994. Uh, has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is maybe the lowest score of the day. It's It's close. Anyway, it's an action film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. Loosely following the plot of Street Fighter II, The World Warrior, the film focuses on the efforts of Colonel Guile to bring down General M. Bison, the military dictator and drug kingpin of Shadowloo City, who aspires to conquer the world with an army of genetic super soldiers while enlisting the aid of Street Fighters Ryu and Ken to infiltrate Bison's empire and help destroy it from within. All right. It's so All right. stupid. It's so, <laughs> so dumb. All right. So for one thing, um, I, this rule came up and I was writing it all down and I was like, I mean, my the movie kind of already is this, but I'm going to make it a lot better because I'm making this a 1999 movie as if that original one did not exist. Um, and I'm just going to make a completely better 90s movie because this it does set up well for a 90s action movie. Uh, I put it in 1999 because it's right after Le- Lethal Weapon 4 and Rush Hour and I have Jackie Chan and uh, and um, uh, Jet Li in my movie, and they were both in those. So uh, my Guile is going to be Samuel L. Jackson. My M. Bison, is the villain, is going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, my Ryu is going to be Jackie Chan. My Ken is going to be Nicolas Cage in a long blonde wig. Uh, <laughs> my Chun-Li is going to be Lucy Liu. Uh, and Jet Li is going to be one of the villain henchmen. I didn't really care to look up another name. Uh, and it's going to be directed by John Woo. So this is gonna be a lot of jobs. A lot of slow-mo. It's a nineties fun action movie with a better with a just a better simple plot and cast than they did in that first one. Um so drug lord turned general M. Bison and the Allied Nations led by Colonel Guile are in a war in the Southeast Asia. Bison has a plot to create super soldiers. 
After witnessing Ryu and Ken swindle an arms dealer and take out the henchmen with their martial arts, he, um, Guile recruits them to his team. Chun-Li is already part of it, as well as others. Um, it's focused on Guile leading Ryu, Ken, and Chun-Li in an undercover mission to take out Guile's men at his base. So you get a lot more. It's a more simple fight. They're, they're on a mission to get to a certain spot, and there's a lot of fights along the way. So it's pretty much set up like that, where it's just fun action fight scene after fun action fight scene. All right, we have to get to this point. We have to get to this point. We have to get to this point. And they're trying to make their way up to Arnold. Uh, and he is cutting back to him and his plot and what he's doing to take over that area. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's a simple make their way up the tower, what a video game movie should be, especially in the 90s, uh, with just a much better version of that movie. All right. Johnny? All right, I made this movie as it should be, but not in the 90s, because I already used that role. <laughs> and that movie came out in the 90s and was bad. So my director is uh, Wilson Yip, who did the IP Man movies. Um, my uh, lead, Ryu, is going to be played by Jay Chow, who was in Kung Fu Dunk. He was uh, the, I forget his name, in The Green Hornet. What's the driver's name? Uh, in the Kato. He was Kato, Kato in the uh, Green Hornet movie. So he's worked in America for a couple roles, but he's mainly famous over in um, China and Taiwan. Um, my Ken is going to be uh, Danny Kwak Kwan Chan, who was in IP Man 4 as Bruce Lee, and he was also in Kung Fu Hustle. Um, my Chun Li is going to be uh, uh, Hei Kyo Song, who is in The Grandmaster, The Crossing. She's a big Chinese TV actress as well um, and a martial artist. My M. Bison is going to be played by Takeshi Kaneshiro. Uh, Chang King Express, he was in uh, House of the Flying Daggers. Again, obscure to us movies, but pretty big action movies uh, in Japan and China. Uh, my Colonel Gi uh, is going to be played. You kind of always need, in a lot of these big budget foreign films, because my movie will be a foreign film, um, you kind of need like an American actor with some recognizability, but also believable that he's going over there. So my Rob, uh, that's going to be Robbie Amell uh, is my, my Colonel Gee Cause I think he can do action and he doesn't need to act very well. Cause it's all going to be subtitled for most of the audiences. Um, my Blanca um, is Vin Diesel. Again, someone who doesn't need to talk uh, much. My Zangief, uh, my big Russian uh, dude is Florian uh, Montanu, who is uh, Victor Drago in Creed two. Um, so we know he can fight. We know he's intimidating and he's the big Russian guy. My Balrog is going to be played by uh, uh, Rampage Jackson, who is an MMA fighter, but he was also an 18. So that kind of gives you a list again. So you can kind of picture uh, as my pitch is uh, told, you can kind of picture in, in the roles if you know who those people are. Um, mine is easy. It's a world tournament. It's held to determine the world's best fighter. The only rule of the tournament, there are no rules. M. Bison, the head of the tournament, is a powerful man that is that is always seen wearing a bison head. Legend has it that he killed this bison with his bare hands and wears it as his trophy. He has run out of challenges and wants to find someone worthy of his fighting ability. He holds the tournament of the best fighters to see who gets to challenge him in the end. All the characters have motives to be in the tournament. Ryu and Ken are best friends and the most skilled martial artists in all of Asia. They accept to see who to finally see who is better between them. Uh, Colonel Gee is a former American spec ops agent who believes M. Bison murdered his best friend and former partner. Balrog is the top MMA fighter in the United States, and he wants to prove that he can take his uh, brand globally. Chun-Li uh, finds the invitation meant for her father and is worried 
He is too old to compete, so she travels to the tournament instead in his place. Um, the main lead of the movie, Ryu, uh, he witnesses his friend Ken almost get killed uh, by the hands of Zangief, who's a giant Russian fighter with no remorse for his opponents. He realizes the evil of the tournament and teams up with Chun-Li and Colonel Gi to take down M. Bison and defeat anyone in their way. So my movie is a foreign uh, action film. It's a fighting movie directed by uh, the director who did the uh, IP Man movies. Um, so those are going to be the style of fights, uh, if you've seen those. And uh, I think that stays true to what Street Fighter is. The characters stay true to who they were. There was no plot in the video games at all. It's just a fighting game. Um, so I think I created it like the most unique plot that this possibly could have without introducing all the bullshit that the um, original Street Fighter did. So that's my pitch. Wait, what what rule did you use? Oh yeah, and my rule. Yeah, what was your rule? And my rule. If you don't know who Jay Chow is, he is one of the biggest singers in Asia because he's doing the lead theme song to my movie, which he did for his uh, feature films Kung Fu Dunk and uh, and a lot of his roles. He is a huge like. He was in, I think, like a boy band. It's basically like BTS, but Jay Chow is like a huge singer in in China. So he's doing my. Uh, my theme song for the movie, and it'll be a big hit in uh, in Asia. And what role was he in? I don't even remember. He was he is Ryu. He's my lead. I forgot to read that because I had that first, but I wanted to get back to it, and then I forgot to come back to it. I was like, you finished? I'm like, wait, did he just forget to assign? Did he a just did not do a role? No, I did a role. Yeah, Jay Chow, great fucking right. singer. If you haven't heard the Kung Fu Dunk theme, look that shit up. All right, I'm gonna pass on that for now. But uh, Tristan, what are you thinking <laughs> right now? Right now, I gotta be honest. I'm leaning towards Johnny's. I think it. Bits is like this foreign action movie. I think turning Street Fighter into into like a foreign action franchise would be exciting. And I feel like Street Fighter for some reason does lend itself to like a really cheesy like pop one hit that would be kind of badass. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for like a Street Fighter theme hit. So I, right now I'm leaning for Johnny, but I'm really excited to hear what Bobby's arguments are going to be. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards Johnny too, but it's like a 55, 45, 60, 40 type of thing. So. I really don't have any questions right now, so I just want to see what you guys have for fighting it out. All right. So with yours, Johnny, I, my biggest leads are a couple of your casting things. And then uh, really, so one, Robbie Amell, he's just, he's not good. And he, you cast him as guy who's supposed to be kind of the, like, kind of the no, elder nope. leader. No, nope. he, he doesn't have anything to do with that. That is in the shitty 90s movie. I'm not going anything by that. He is a side character in the video games, not the lead. The main guys are Ryu and Ken, so those are my leads. Colonel Gaiu, or Gail, or whatever the fuck you say, Guile. he became the lead when they made it in the 90s, like yours would be, because in the 90s you had to make the lead of your movie the American guy. He is the one American character. That is why he the lead, was the lead I, of the 90s. Yeah. No, and I he's, thought... So, like, in mine, he, he has no. a reason to be in it, and he helps them, but, like, you know, like, they throw in white actors basically in these big budget um, movies that have some recognizability and he's in superhero shows. So he does. So I think he fits yeah, the role not, and, and he can do, role. he can do action and yeah. he doesn't need to be a good actor yeah. to be in these movies. I think, so he I think he fit perfectly and is a realistic choice. I didn't yeah, want to put too big. Of it off. I think he throws it off. And I think the problem is you actually no. do, if you're going to cast an American in the, in a foreign movie, um, they usually do pick kind of a star to draw people in. No one in, no one over there knows who Robbie ML is. So that's kind of a problem. The other thing sure they do, you cast your lead, your Ryu, who is like one of the supposed to be like one of the best martial artists as a pop star. 
So he's not yeah, a Jay Chow is a martial artist as well and an actor. He is. He's, he's literally in a movie called Kung Fu Dunk, and yeah. he does karate and then joins a basketball team, and it's amazing. He yeah. he is a big pop star and movie star because if you know anything about a lot of Asian um, stars, like a lot of Korean guys too, in some of the big movies. They're all pop stars. That's how a lot of them break out, and they do that throughout their career, but then they're also huge in movies. That's what Jay Chow did. He's in some big budget movies as well as being, like, one of the biggest pop stars. So and that, that, and that's I'm also yeah. confused on – so you're on your tone a little bit because you, your plot sounded relatively serious, but then you have a guy with a bison head. I was, I'm was i a little thrown off by that, but really more – Yeah, he's wearing a bison head, head as a hat. It's like a guy wearing a, <laughs> rac, a raccoon head. Like – what do you right. mean? Uh, How but, is that? You can literally put that on in Red Dead Redemption. That has nothing yeah, to do with the I tone know. of the movie. Have you not that. seen the IP Man movies? I have. Like, but that's more... what mine is going for, the tone of those, which are fun right. martial arts movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yours is, it's a tournament movie. It's a, it is a, just, it's an, it's a Japanese, it's, it's a, a Street Fighter movie. Yeah, but. Yours um, is a shitty I'm 90s action movie. Money. Like the original, you basically were like, I'm going to do the original Street Fighter, but again. That's basically what, what I wanted. I want the entertainment value of like face off and that type of movie. So and you didn't do that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have Arnold, who's a great villain. You get him yelling and doing crazy stuff. You have Nicholas Cage with Jackie Chan. That's a really fun pairing. Um, and then you have uh, their kind of their colonel leading them to Sam Jackson, who can, who can yell and swear, you know, with the best of them. So I think you just have a really fun, entertaining movie and then you have a generally simple premise that unlike the first one which is way too convoluted this one is just they're trying to make their way up and getting a get in a bunch of martial arts fights along the way um you cast you, you cast arnold schwarzenegger you cast arnold schwarzenegger as the bad guy of your movie that came out in 1999 when he was arguably doing his worst work in the 90s he was doing um jingle all the way and he was the he was a big villain in a big budget movie um yeah, Mr. Freeze, and that is what he was doing. So, no, I'm not excited to see him as the bad guy of your movie screaming and yelling because I saw that, and it was terrible. The like, thing is, make your – no, like, that. your movie – scientist in that movie. He's just a big – he's a um, essentially yeah. a uh, – you know, a general kind of deal that will yell at his his subordinates to do what he what he wants them what he wants them to do. Your your Arnold your Arnold is a perfect Zangief, but he is a terrible M Bison. That is what I'm going on, and if anyone knows the games, they will agree with me. All right, can um, I interject real yes. quick? So the original 1994 movie. The only thing I know about that movie is it has the line, "For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life." But for me, it was Tuesday. Do you have a badass moment or a line like that in your movie? I didn't write one down, but with this cast, you know you're gonna have a have one liners all over the place. The whole movie's gonna yeah, be yeah. liners. Yeah, Jackie Chan, big one line guy. Um, uh, yeah, no. I mean, mine. Of course, mine will because because mine still sticks to the plot of Colonel. Uh, I can't fucking say his name. Kyle. Kyle. Um, like he can have a line like that because M. Bison murdered his, his, uh, best friend and his old partner, you know, so he can just be like, you know, you think you're the conqueror. You think you're this big, tough guy. I think you're a big, tough guy, but I'm gonna kick your ass. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking, I'm not a writer of dialogue, Joe. <laughs> I know. I'll, 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 I have one final, big thing. One final question is for Johnny and Johnny, I need you to f- defend Robbie Amell. 
Like, there's a bunch of people you could have picked, and I want to know why him. Here's here's my thing with Robbie Mel because I think with a lot of our pitches and like even with Bobby's like he pitched a bunch of people that would never actually be cast in the movie. Um, I think I felt like I wanted to stay true to a realistic casting. That's why while some of my people are bigger in China, I picked someone on the level of my actors that I picked. A lot Which of big stars that have done some big actors, and then Robbie Mel, who is a you know he is big in his TV show, which is a superhero show. Which trans, you, trans, wait, do you, know you, you you cast the wrong Amel. You needed to cast Stephen Amel in this role. Isn't Robbie play. Amel the in um the other show? What's the other the show? Fucking Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, for like half he's, of season he's one. Off. He gets oh, booted off early. That. He is literally the lowest totem star like that you could have put in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, like he has not been on that show in like four years. Oh, well, okay. Well, whatever. He's doing sure. TV shows, you know, and, and whatever. Okay. Yeah, Robbie Amell ruins the, no, okay. Here's my thing. The premise no, of it doesn't ruin the movie because the, every okay. scene he's in, every forget, scene forget, he's in no, every scene he's in is subtitled and Asian people don't care. That's why fast and furious is so big over there. So His dialogue doesn't matter. No I will watch it. I love it. Everyone here. Like who gives a shit? I'm not making this for people in America. I'm making this for a huge movie. My movie is going to be starred Jay Chow and have a foreign song. I didn't make a movie in America and you're knocking me for the one like character that literally doesn't matter in the movie. Like he he's in it and Robbie Amell can be in it, but like I could be that role and my movie can still be made. So I wanted to give it to someone who at least can do fight scenes and he can do them fine. Like he, he's been an action stars. I think some guys are too big for mine. He's never All right, Tristan, what do you think? I, I might have, I, I, might have, I, have, I, I might have mistyped it and meant to do Stephen Amell <laughs> and just fought hard for Robbie Amell. <laughs> so we're just going to go with Robbie Amell is not a big star. So I think the only way for Robbie Amell to reboot his career is to go to fucking China and act where no one cares what he's saying. He needs Boom. a career in order to reboot it. <laughs> Tristan, okay, what well, are you thinking? He can have one in China. I have one question for Johnny. Is he gonna have the 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 pointy blonde like half hair on his head? Of course, <laughs> gotta have some crazy ass hair in this movie. They're gonna look like their original characters, and I think that's what Bobby's that's what Bobby's movie's missing. Bobby's just sounds like the shitty Mortal Kombat movie made and the Which shitty Street Fighter movie that days. were made. Like like how many good fighting movies were made in the nineties? Not one, not one, especially American ones. All right. All right, when we started off, I was definitely leaning towards Johnny, but as they talked it out, I, I, Bobby, I think, has a good cast. I think uh, Nick Cage, Samuel Jackson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, those would all be really fun people to see in these kind of a movie, like a, just a dumb 90s action movie. And sure, the 1994 was a dumb 90s action movie, but this sounds like it might actually be like an enjoyable dumb 90s action movie. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit split here, but I think the argument put me a little bit towards Bobby. Bobby might as well put Jean-Claude Van Damme in his movie. Like, it's the same movie. All right. Bobby, can you run me down your cast again real quick? Um, yeah, I have Sam Jackson. I don't need the actors. I just need the – or I don't need the characters. I just need the actors. Yeah. Sam Jackson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, Nicolas Cage, Lucy Liu, and Jet Li. All lead actors. Weird. Uh, not, not all of them at the time. Jet Li was in one movie as, as a villain. Uh, Lucy Liu was just becoming a star. She was tra- in Charlie's Angels the next year. Um, Nicholas Cage was Jackie Chan, oh, big star. Shower, right. and so Arnold, a big star. I think you have too many big stars to make a Street Fighter movie in the '90s. Right. Like that's, that's not, all. That's that's all. Not, I think it's. I don't think it's realistic. Like 
it's not realistic casting. I cast people that could realistically be put in my nineties movie, like Michael Rappaport, not Arnold Schwarzenegger as my like villain. Like, come on. Be right. realistic here. So uh, the realism is or like who could be cast or would they sign up for this movie in 1999? Isn't really what I was thinking about, but I was listening to a cast and this is what I want out of this is a fighting movie. And I feel like with Bobby, really, really only two people in this movie that can fight and they didn't really seem like, Jackie Chan and uh, uh, Jet Li weren't even like main characters in his movie, so I just don't know how good the fighting is going to be in his it's fighting the, movie. Bobby's lead character is Nicolas Cage in a fighting movie. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. no it's, it's it's Jackie Chan and Nicolas Cage as a combo. Yeah, it's it's, it's the nineties. So it's not Jackie Chan. I know where you're going. That's right. <laughs> but in a fighting movie, Robbie Amell aside, if he had cast Stephen Amell or anyone, I meant that, to. I meant to. I I realized I had the wrong Amell as you were talking. Than Robbie Amell. I was like, uh, wait, what do you mean? Like he's in a TV show? And then I was like, fuck, I wrote the wrong Amell. <laughs> so either way, so that was supposed to be Arrow. Okay, that's supposed to be Arrow. Okay. Well, given even so, <laughs> in a fighting movie, I feel like Johnny's choices are better. And his movie didn't seem quite as cheesy, and at least the cheesiness of it, of being foreign and all that, I could, I'm down with. So I'm gonna go with Johnny for. Uh, oh my god, I was worried Robbie Mel would sink in my pit. I appreciate I appreciate Tristan's vote, but mine got killed. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, man. as he was talking, I, I'm like, wait, I, does know. he mean Stephen Amell and not Robbie? Oh, 100%. I, I wrote Robbie. I wrote wrong Amel on my paper as soon as Johnny said Robbie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know shit about Robbie Amel. I Joe cast him in his movie last week. I thought well, I was I like, already had Steve. I was like, yeah, Steven they're, and they're Robbie as brothers. So yeah, and, and I know is, who is Robbie Amel. Robbie Amel is Stephen yeah. Amel's cousin, and he who does he play he, in the in the TV show? Firestorm, the original Firestorm. He's the original Firestorm until they replace him. Like not even a few episodes into Legends of Tomorrow. Basically, yeah, he might not um, even have made I, it. To, he might have got replaced during did. Arrow. He did get replaced. I've never, I've they never watched it. Legends yeah, Tomorrow. That's right. So yeah, he's on Michael Shore's new show, who created like Parks and Rock and Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's on. Yeah, Arizona, so he's on a show. Yeah, he's a yeah, TV but shows. it's not but a fighting yeah, I, show. I, I, like, I, meant, I definitely meant. I definitely right. meant Stephen Amell. Um, okay. So I'm glad I still won, but that was I, I wrote the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why I was like, it doesn't matter if he can act; like he can just have subtitles, like, and he can do action. And you're like, it's Robbie Amell. I'm like, yeah, he's fucking Arrow. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, nope. All right, guy. Um, I'm gonna go with Hitman next. And did you, wait, did you pitch yours first last time? Uh, no, no, I was second. I was second. Yeah, I like I'll, pitching I'll, back and forth. I, I, yeah, I like going back and forth. So I'll have you go first with Hitman. All right. So Hitman right. got a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which you know probably deserved since it's only one of two movies on this list I've seen, and it was really bad. Uh, the story revolves around Agent Forty Seven, played by Timothy Oliphant, a professional hitman who is engineered to be an assassin by the group known as the Organization. How fucking original! He becomes <laughs> ensnared in a political conspiracy and finds himself pursued by both Interpol and Russian intelligence. Yeah, sure, that's what that movie is about. All right, um, here's my thing. Uh, Bobby stuck with the chalk on uh, Jordan Peele, but I wanted to go for something pretty different with my Jordan Peele pitch because I think it's time for him to maybe expand out of the horror genre. So my director and my rule is that this is a Jordan Peele, uh, Jordan Peele movie, not Jordan Peele, the Michigan basketball player. Um, Jordan Peele is directing my movie and uh, my agent 47 is Daniel Kalua, 
who was obviously in Get Out. Uh, he's a great actor. Uh, Should have won Best Actor that year. My, uh, I'll do my pitch and then I'll read the rest of my cast because uh, then it'll make more sense. A man with no memory of his past is uh, known only as Agent 47. He is a gun for hire and a highly skilled assassin. He is set to meet with, the, uh, with his shadow client that has been sending him on missions for years and years about his next assignment. Agent 47 meets a group in a deserted warehouse and is given information about the assassination targets. Two scientists and inventors are creating facial recognition technology to track down anyone in the world. It is explained that these two must be taken out because this technology is a threat to all governments because if fallen into the wrong hands, it will allow criminals to track members of MI6, the CIA, and other secret operations. Um, Agent uh, 47 accepts the mission. He sneaks into the facility uh, that the scientists are working in. He hides in the shadows and takes out security guards one by one. He finds his targets and kills them. He goes to examine. Did we lose someone? We lost our judge. Check the chat, Johnny. We're good. He's listening. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't read the. I'm reading my pitch. You think I can read two things at once? What do I have? Two eyes. Um. I lost my place. Agent Forty Seven sneaks in, kills the people. Okay. He finds his targets and kills them. He goes to examine the office of the scientists and sees a picture of them, husband and wife, with a young boy. Agent Forty Seven suddenly has flashbacks to his childhood. He has just murdered his own parents. He gets a call from the man who hired him. In the conversation, it's revealed to him that his parents were creating technology in order to find him, and they could not let that happen as he is too valuable to them. Agent 47 swears to seek vengeance on them and is told, I'm sorry you see it that way. The facility is stormed by gunmen, leading to an epic gunfight. Agent 47 barely escapes with his life. For the first time, he has a mission that is not assigned to him kill the men that ruined the last chance he had to discover his old life. Boom. There's my Hitman movie. I hope Joe heard it over his stream. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think Joe said he was listening. So uh, I think we're okay. Bring in the stream live to stream live. I, what? Oh, yeah. I don't know what that just said. Uh, yeah. All right. Stream yard. Um, Sorry. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'm going to get to mine. Uh, So my Hitman movie is going to be directed by Shane Black, um, who who I love by doing as the nice guys is basically one of my favorite movies by him. Um, My Agent 47 is going to be Ryan Gosling, and I'll get to the rest of my cast as I um, get to the pitch. Um, Agent 47, a clone created to be the perfect assassin, is sent back in time to the time of the pirates to assassinate a British diplomat. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> um, he is struggling in this time period to navigate and blend in and runs into Jack Sparrow. Uh, the, so that is Johnny Depp played by Jack Sparrow. And this is basically a buddy comedy, kind of like the nice guys uh, with agent 47, who is a emotionless, you know, kind of guy with the crazy wacky Jack Sparrow. And you get that dynamic. Um, and, you know, Ryan Gosling has done that well in drive uh, to do that emotionless guy. Um uh, so we have Jack is motivated because he wants, we have people trying to come in here. Um, Jack is motivated because the, the diplomat diplomat wants him to be hanged. Uh, you have a buddy cop comedy with them trying to get the, get to the diplomat with random things getting in the, in the way of their mission. The plot also involves agent 47 investigating whether the diplomat is really doing what his employers say he is in an odd turn of events in a very Shane black way. 
he turns out to actually be the bad guy and they take him out at the end of the movie. Um, it's a very Shane Black kind of ending. Um, at the end of the movie, Jack slips into the time machine and ends up in the present with Agent 47, setting up a sequel where the fish out of water roles are reversed. Oh, God. So there's my movie. Okay, Ben. Um, Tristan, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I played a couple of Hitman games, and neither one of these are particularly Hitman-like, but, uh, <laughs> but Johnny's... it It's... I like the the pitch, but I'm not sure how well Jordan Peele fits into that. Jordan Peele's known for his social commentary and for his political, uh, like you said, the previous pitch, and I don't see much commentary in that uh, premise, so I'd like you to get oh, into Oh, I that. will get to that. Perfect. Glad you asked. And um, Bobby, yeah. I just want to say real quick, it sounds okay. insane, <laughs> but I mean, it might be something that would be fun to watch, but I, I think you're going to need to do a little bit of, of... Yeah, if you're on meth. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if I got a little high, I would, I would definitely enjoy that movie. But I I like the concept. You use the rule interestingly, but it'll be interesting to see how you argue this crazy, wild premise. Oh, I didn't read the rest of my cast, by the way. I'll do that after Joe says his piece. All right, no, I mean, I just want to hear you guys put it out because I, I'm leaning a certain direction, and it's the direction that doesn't have weird pirate time travel that doesn't have jack sparrow in it okay here's here's my thing with mine i'll I'll just tristan's question about the social commentary but first so my agent 47 i read obviously daniel kalua um the what ends up being his parents which are the assassination targets are courtney b vance uh who is an american crime story in a bunch of movies and viola davis and then my organization like the lead bad is michael shannon that's who sends him on the mission and my social commentary that I'm going to introduce in this movie is that the reason that Agent 47 is Daniel Kalua is that the organization is stealing um, like black kids from their families and turning them into assassins to do basically the organization, which is a group of you know white people led by Michael Shannon to do their bidding. So he's taking you know yeah. people that so it's going to deal with like racism and oppression and turning. Um, you know, like taking black kids and making them the assassins for their bidding so Michael Shannon can do it. So that's that's the uh, social commentary I want to kind of bring into it just in terms of, you know, it's going to deal with basically oppression. Like he's been doing what he's told his whole life because he didn't know any better because these people took his life away from him. That's a tragically a story that honestly is relevant to the country today. And I think it's something Jordan Peele would be passionate about making a movie that it's still going to be a good action movie and have a lot of the elements of action that were in us, which I thought were really good. I want him to steer towards that and away from the horror, but also address the social commentary that he, that he usually has in his movies. All right, Bobby, uh, defend yours. Yeah. So I kind of want to, so the movie, especially in pitch form sounds crazier than it would be in execution. Cause if you've seen the nice guys and you've seen kiss, kiss, bang, bang, that's the kind of the tone I'm going for where you have, these two very different, you know, kind of personalities and you get a lot of um, banter between them. You get very good character work. Um, and it, and for the, you get your setup of the movie where you have this organization who is sending someone through time to commit different assassinations. That's how I'm using the hitman premise is that's what they're doing to kind of, to, to move history, how they want it to be done. So that's not played off as wacky, crazy. It's kind of played off as, this is what this organization does. That's his job. Um, and as he gets there, he wants to make sure that he's killing the right guy, but he gets there and he's like, I'm not really, I'm not, 
I'm not fitting in with this world right now. And he's in the middle of a time where we have Captain Jack Sparrow on the run um, from the same guy that he's trying to kill. So they have a reason to meet up. You have uh, good characters that have good dynamics. Um, and it's them investigating as well as trying to get to the diplomat uh, and as well as avoid Johnny Depp, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow from getting caught. So you have a bunch of different types of hijinks as well as an investigation, but it's not wacky crazy as much as it sounds like, oh, wacky time travel and all this stuff. Um, I think it works in the tone of the nice guys really well. And I love that movie. I love that tone. Um, And I think the dynamic of the kind of wackier drunk, you know, Jack Sparrow with an emotionless hitman would be pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. You you know, it was a really fun dynamic basically with that same dynamic, the nice guys, you know why? Because the kind of emotionless drunk was not fucking uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling was the crazy funny character and he is the reason nice guys is so good. Like anyone could have played that Russell Crowe character. And the reason that movie works so well is because of Ryan Gosling. And then you were like, you know what worked? Ryan Gosling as the crazy guy in Nice Guys. You know what I'm going to do? Fucking take his emotions no. and all his funny moments away, and I'm going to make Jack Sparrow you can, that character. You know that dry humor Wrong. can work because he's going to be emotionless, okay, no, and he can be very dry, and be, and his comments yeah, can a lot be of dry humor and, funny. A lot, of, a lot of dry humor and drive. Like, I get your movie is a, a Shane Black movie, but I think so the you dialogue your movie, makes it funny. You hurt your movie so much by casting Ryan Gosling, who is the crazy funny best part of nice guys movie reason why that movie is so funny and then you're like okay i'm gonna put him with shane black again but we're gonna change his character to the complete opposite to be a bland boring character and i know he's gonna have better dialogue you definitely can and you should and my, my problem with your movie too is like shane black doing fucking a pirate movie with time travel hitman okay hitman the best assassin in the world going back to the 18th century against pirates. What he has, what, like did they take his guns away? Like he, he has time travel. If he has one gun, he's just going to kill anyone who runs. He's going against, like there's no, there's no, the British diplomat where he doesn't know where he is. And he's trying to investigate it before he kills him. Oh, so they sent, they sent him back in time without him knowing anything about the mission. Like, well, no, okay. wrong. So the whole no, point, he is the most the trained point, killing assassin in the world, and you're sending him to the 18th century. You get your set of the movie. Out of, out of his element? No. It, Agent 47 Johnny. is never out of his element. The whole, so, the, a lot of uh, what happens in some of the Hitman games, from what I understand, is he does start wrong. to question his organization and goes up against it. So, yeah. in the, in the setup movie. of, in the setup of the movie, you have the kind of, like, should I even be doing this type of thing? So that's why he's going to investigate it. Cause they're what they're sending him back to do is just to kill him. So he's like, should no, I, mean, I want to make I sure be traveling I'm, back in time. Yeah. And killing and killing these people. Like what's, what's the reason? So <laughs> it's just dumb. I'm sorry. Your movie sounds dumb. <laughs> Usually I, I it's have like, fun. it's not fun. Like your movie just sounds bad. And my movie actually stays true to the game while introducing new fun things to it. I mean, the problem with the Hitman games, which these are like, this is probably the one franchise I played. Um, they made the movies big action movies, but the game is actually him being like a sneaky assassin and sneaking through the shadows and killing people. So those are like the kills and stuff that I want to see. So I don't think it needs to be like this huge action movie, but it has to have some, you know, a couple big action set pieces, which I think Jordan Peele showed he can do in Us. And... Um, 
it's going to have social commentary and Daniel Kalua um, playing the role is, is a better fit. He's going to have the bald head. He's going to have the barcode on the back of his head, you know, and, and he's still going to look like Hitman. Like I know he's white in all the games, but he's still going to look like the character. And mine is more about the organization is set him to do this mission. He blindly follows them because that's what he's always done. And then he starts to question who he is and what's right in the world. And he uncovers the whole thing. Like it's easy. It's, I don't know. It's just, there's nothing else to fight because if Bobby wins this, this would be the worst decision in this show's history. Even that was the worst pitch I've ever heard. Yeah. Even Catwoman because at least at least, at least. Yeah. Because you know what? No, it doesn't. First of all, second of all, bad, bad Bobby, bad Bobby. Tristan, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, I mean, Bobby's, if I had a bunch of edibles and I was sitting with my friends and you're tripping balls, maybe this would be a really fun movie to watch. But Johnny's, I feel like the more he talked about it, the more it sounded like the game and the more it sounded like a really fun movie for the game to to be adapted into. I'm not super big on Jordan Peele doing action, but I think it would be interesting to see him try it. So I'd be leaning towards Johnny's, especially because there's no time-traveling pirates in this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Bobby in that his movie sounds like it would be more fun. But that's, I feel like the only thing going for Bobby's movie is that it would be more fun. I feel like the story of Johnny's is just more intriguing to me of like this kid was kidnapped and then he was like sent and, you know, to work against his race and hired by these white people where Bobby's was just confusing to me. And I don't know if I agree with Johnny. I don't know if I see Ryan Gosling in that role of like this emotionless guy and then having to work with Jack Sparrow and then just not having it be super great and still trying to take itself seriously. I don't know. It just didn't line up in my head. Of I'm, I'm legitimately so I'm, angry. Or- <laughs> I'm legitimately angry that I spent time on this pitch to go up against that. <laughs> Like that I was, was excited to pitch this and to fight it, and then I went up against the worst pitch I've probably ever heard on this show. And this pitch lined up like, oh, I guess I have to put uh, Jack Sparrow in this movie, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's not meant to go up against the most serious pitch in your tin, all of yours. Yeah, probably my mine. Mine that I was like, this is the movie I want to see the most pitch against time traveling Jack Sparrow. <laughs> all right, yeah, so. The score is currently three to one. If uh, Johnny wins another point, he wins the game, and there's uh, three yeah, pitches in, left. So Bobby trouble. has to win out here. Yeah, I'm in some trouble here. Uh, let's go with Rampage, um, and I'll lead us off this time. All right, let me scroll down and put Rampage on the screen, and I will read the history of Rampage. Rampage is the highest, I believe, the highest score. Rotten Tomatoes score of the night. Yep, looked it up. It is at 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, that's depressing. A solid majority liked uh, it. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 okay for what it is. It's the only movie on this list I've seen. Uh, Rampage, it's an American science fiction monster film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Naomi Harris, Joe Manganiello, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It follows a primatologist who must team up with George, an albino gorilla who turns into a raging creature of enormous size as a result of a rogue experiment to stop two other mutated animals, a wolf and a crocodile, from destroying Chicago. And that's that's Rampage. All right. Um, so uh, my, um, my director is going to be Nacho Vigalonda, who, was, Nacho who directed, no, directed Colossal. Um, and so they did kind of a monster movie on a small budget, and I want to see him get a bigger budget. Um, my lead is going to be played by Taron Edgerton. Um, 
And then the other cast along with that is going to be Anna Kendrick. Um, I have Mark Strong as like my, as a villain character that I'll get into um, Jamie Bell. And then the lead scientist who creates the serum that ends up transforming what they didn't do in the movie that they did in the game people into monsters is going to be played by Jeff Goldblum. Um, so like I said, we, we've seen uh, Nacho Vigalona do this on a small budget. I wanted him to get a bigger one. Uh, it's going to play out more like a Godzilla movie where the pro- protagonists um, are the monsters and the humans are like reacting to it. You're kind of seeing what's going on. So basically the whole plot of the game is that there's people that turn into these monsters that are going through these, this, um, these cities. So the group is going to be a scientist and it's going to be Jeff Goldblum's the lead who created this, this thing. And then we have Taryn Edgerton is one and Anna Kendrick, uh, which by the way, I cast those two because they are going to sing my uh, song uh, that is going to be the oh, um, God, in a rampage yeah. movie because rampage is a fun monster movie and you got to have, and it's just, and it's just a fun, fun song. You got to have something. And if you've seen Colossal, it's kind of a, Black I'm gonna need a few. Kind of you have a good time. I'm gonna need a few yeah. notes of this song. <laughs> yeah, Bobby can sing. I and I can't. I can't sing Chinese, so I didn't have to do yeah. mine. <laughs> but so basically, the plot though, you have the group of scientists. They created this serum, and you you have. And it wasn't supposed to do what it ends up doing, but you have um, Jamie Bell, who's one of the scientists in the group, gets turned into uh, a giant, uh, one of the giant monsters. So say the lizard or whatever when it was. And then you have a the villain of my movie is going to be played. Uh, well, the villain monster is going to be played by Mark Strong, who's part of this corporation trying to steal this this serum, um, and he's working for that business. And he gets turned into the other monster, um, and that's going to be like the wolf. And then it's the military is trying to get involved, and the main, the lead character's role is to try to convince the military that no, these are people, and you cannot kill them. Essentially, so that's kind of their plot line trying to find a way to get a cure cure for them and to um, to convince the military not to kill these guys because one of them is their friend and they're rampaging through cities. You get a lot of fun moments of the, of these monsters fighting in cities with people scrambling and military trying to fight them. You get fun, uh, fun uh, things like that. And they're traveling to different parts of the country. Um, so you get to see different cities get destroyed, which is part of the game. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, um, they realize they have to get them into a certain spot. So in order to do that, they need one more monster. So then we have Taron Edgerton take the serum and turn into the giant gorilla to try to lead them into the spot where they can cure them and bring them back down to people. So it brings in more of the game where you have these people that are trapped in monster form, essentially. You have them rampaging through a bunch of different cities. You have a fun tone, if you've seen Colossal. Um, and you get some good actors to lead it and you have a, you know, a, you have a shitty pop song, <laughs> but Hey, you have, there's so many pop songs sung by stars of movies. Um, Taron Edgerton and Anna Kendrick can both sing and sing really well. And it's a monster movie. You're going to have some, I mean, you got to have some fun. This movie's fun. If you've seen Colossal, it's a, it's a, it has a lot of comedic moments and it's also very epic in scale for the budget it has. And that's what I want for this movie. All right. Interesting. Um, okay. I want a, a different direction with that. See if, see if you catch my drift on this one. My director, former Oscar winner uh, for Best Director, Peter Jackson. My team of scientists, six-time Oscar nominee, Amy Adams, and two-time Oscar nominee, Adam Driver. My secretary of defense, two-time Oscar winner and six-time Oscar nominee, Tom Hanks. 
my military commander, three-time Oscar nominee, Woody Harrelson. My uh, There's going to be a family trying to survive the rampage. It's going to be two-time Oscar winner, Mahershala Ali, Oscar winner, Marion Cotillard, and Oscar nominee, uh, Quivanzale Wallace. And my motion capture guy for all the creatures is going to be Andy Serkis. So here, if you couldn't tell my rule, I'm making this Oscar bait, um, which is not exactly the categories you'd normally think I'm going for, but I did cast a bunch of Oscar people in it. Um, but here is my uh, pitch. Set in the near future uh, in, city of, in the city of Los Angeles, California, uh, the air quality has been re reduced to almost unlivable qualities for wildlife. Humans have adapted to the poor air quality, but animals are not so equipped, so they're dying off. A team of two environmentalists and scientists are studying animals to see why they are dying off, and they are producing a serum to make animals stronger so they can survive. They're testing on a wolf, a large iguana, and a gorilla. Um, the serum ends up proving too powerful and not only makes the animals stronger, but makes them grow 40 feet tall. The animals rampage throughout California while military forces try and stop them. The scientists are trying to peacefully bring the animals back to their normal state at all costs because they don't want the animals to be killed and they know it was their fault um, uh, for, for turning these into rampaging monsters. Um, they know the loving creatures they were before and they feel the guilt of their experiments, which goes against what they believed in to begin with. Um, and my awards that I'm contending for for Oscar bait are best sound editing, best sound mixing, best visual effects, best art direction, which were all uh, winners, uh, except for, I think, uh, art direction. The other three were all won by King Kong uh, when that came out and art direction uh, was nominated. Um, so I'm going for that one as well. And then you can also go best original score and best original director, or not best original director, just best director because uh, Peter Jackson's won that already. And, uh, and he also was nominated for producing uh, District 9. He was uh, direct, uh, nominated for all the Lord of the Rings movies and one for one of those as well. So mine will still be an epic action movie that's like two and a half hours long, like King Kong was, with plenty of action in it, just like that movie did, but still be Oscar bait because you're going to have very good performances. You're going to have a... Um, a, a director that basically anytime he puts out like a big budget movie, it's going to get nominated for stuff. It's going to have big time stars that have all been nominated before. They basically nominate Amy Adams if she does any movie. Um, and, but they never let her win. And then um, that's going to be going to be my movie. Andy circuits is going to do the monsters. You're going to have also what uh, the Oscars love are political commentaries. So it's going to be a political commentary on um California's air quality. It's going to have um, animal testing. And you're also going to have a, um, like Mahershala Ali and Kwanzaa Wallace um, and Marion Cotillard, you have a, a foreigner married to a black man with a black daughter trying to survive the rampage that is caused by white people creating uh, the rampage in the city. So you have all of that, plus it's set in California. So those are all my Oscar Beatty plot lines. You kind of nail everything on the head and you have um, a lot of different categories this movie could be nominated for. Maybe you get a supporting actor actress out of it, but if not, I'm still going to be nominated for probably six different Oscars. All right. Tristan, what are you thinking right now? Well, when he first said Oscar bait rampage, I thought that's insane. How is that rampage going to get any Oscars? But he's go through technical ones and I could definitely see it, especially Peter Jackson is the director. I think you go for that King Kong. Like you said, you can get some good Oscars out of that. 
But I do think the biggest problem is that it has like a Transformers problem. You know, like when you watch Transformers, a movie is just all Shia LaBeouf talking and trying to do human drama. But really, you just want to see Transformers fighting. And if I went to see a Rampage movie, I, all I want to see is, you know, George smashing buildings. And I want to see big, huge, bombastic action. And I feel like every time we'd cut it back to the character drama, I would not care much. And I think what Bobby's does is it has some character in there, but it's definitely focused on the monsters and on their action. And I think this just feels a little bit more like something that I would actually really enjoy seeing. So I'm leaning towards Bobby here, but I'm, I'm definitely not sold yet. So I want to hear them argue it out. And cool. The main thing I have against Johnny's is it somewhat feels like a cop out to say it's Oscar bait, but then to just say, I'm going for like the technical awards and not like what normally when people think of an Oscar bait, they think of like, Oh, this is like a movie that's trying to win best picture. And it has like, it has the things Johnny mentioned, but it's more of like a, drama that is just kind of like a movie no one's going to remember and they specifically made it to get those big oscar awards and not necessarily like best you know, visual effects or whatever so that's my main question for johnny is why is this still oscar bait even though it's really just going for like the lesser technical awards because because that's why I cast the people I did and I picked the director I did because as tristan's point of um to address that first of why am I going to care about the character points? I just want to see monsters smash stuff. I think King Kong is a great movie. Um, and that was, that was an Oscar Beatty type of movie that involved big monsters, big action. You had King Kong fighting dinosaurs. You had people shooting down big giant bugs. So you had plenty of action and the characters all worked. Um, and, and I think the character stuff like that movie is two and a half hours long. And, and that I think holds up better and better every time I've seen it. So I want to go for more of that vibe in terms of a good, you still are going to get the, the action scenes. Like I don't need this to be like a Transformers movie um, because Michael Bay is just a bad director. Peter Jackson is going to actually have good action while also having good characters and you're going to care about everything going on. It's Oscar Beatty. I, I think mine, I'm going to be realistic with mine. It's probably a dark horse or best picture, but I think it can easily be nominated for best picture I don't know if mine goes for the acting awards, which I think are usually like, oh, if an Oscar Beatty movie, it's got to have these. Mine, I think, has enough um, political commentary and a uh, well-renowned Academy Award director um, that it could easily be nominated. Especially, I think the only reason King Kong wasn't nominated for Best Picture that year is because they were only doing five movies. If they had the 10 movie slot, King Kong easily would have been nominated. So mine will 100% be nominated because of the 10 movie slot. Um, but I, I do, to admit, one thing, I do think it's a dark horse to win Best Picture, but I think everything else I mentioned, it will 100% win. Um, and I think especially with the way the categories have gone in terms of like uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and Dawn being more recognized as oscar type movies, I think that's uh, what my movie does well. And I think that gives Peter Jackson a realistic chance to also win Best Director, which is one of the big major awards as well. All right, and Bob, my question for you is, I might have missed it, but how does uh, Anna Kendrick fit into your movie? Like, what's her role? So basically, they're, they're a group of scientists. So you have okay, this so group of people. Of the scientists. So she's okay. one of the scientists, yeah. All right. And then uh, my other question is, like, what kind of song is your, is your, is your song? Is it like um, more of just like a generic pop song or? It's, it's yep. like a, it's like, no, it's like a, it's like a, um, like a kind of rock kind of song, not like hard rock, but it's more of 
More of With like how Anna Kendrick. What, no, but what, what, what as far it's as perfect like, Anna Kendrick. No, what Taron Taron Edgerton did in like Rocket Man, where it's more it's it's not like the modern pop. I guess it would bring back to the throwbacks, kind of what they're going for, and what you would want in a big monster movie, where a little cheesy, um, and and that. But um, it's mostly Taron Edgerton. I put Anna Kendrick in there because she can sing, but she she can harmonize and do whatever. But I mean, it's it's mostly it's kind of like his Elton John style singing right. with a um, little bit of cheese in there with monster stuff. Yeah, that right. fits I, a lot with your I think movie. I know where I'm leaning, but I want to hear you guys fight it out. Yeah, so Johnny, really the biggest point for me, for you, is the the last thing I want to see in a Rampage movie is very heavy plot and very um, like Oscar Beatty type thing. You want to do see the monsters. Um, you keep one for just as a fact that Peter Jackson is terrible at editing movies. Once he has more control, uh, King Kong was three and a half hours long, not two and a half. It's one of the reasons that that got criticized. Um, yeah. And but, it won best sound editing and best sound mixing. I never said I was going to win best yeah. editing. Well, I know so whatever. But, it's, it's going to yeah, be a long but, movie. But, I'm like saying, that, but, but the last thing I want for rampage is the long drawn out drama with some action in it and monsters. Like I, I don't, that's not what I want to see. You want to see, um, you want to see monsters tearing through a city, which is the whole premise of the first game and people turning into these monsters, um, which is a lot more fun, a lot more watchable. Yours is, I I don't know what tone you would go for. That would make sense in a, for a rampage video game, which was an R, which was an arcade game, but that doesn't, but King Kong, the reason that had a drama, the tone of the original King, like the Peter Jackson, King Kong, especially the island fight scene and when the uh, the planes are taking him down fits my movie 100%. We got the fun action movie of Rampage with the Rock and it got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like there's a cap to how good your movie can be and it is probably 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Also we have the shitty song. Like that's my biggest thing with yours is You put your song in like I put in my, a serious in a action movie, movie for you. Yeah, I put mine in like an Ip style, Ip, Ip Man style movie, but I put it in a context that works because in a lot of big Asian movies, the leads are pop stars and actors, and they always do songs for their movies, always. I think making it uh, like that fit because that was more realistic in terms of how things go. Your movie feels just like the movie that Rampage was, except... Then you have some shitty pop song that comes with it that doesn't fit the tone. If you were like, all right, I'm going to go all the way crazy with it. And the lead stars of my movie are going to be Metallica and they're going to do the lead of like, yeah, the movie's called Rampage. If you're going to do a song and it's not heavy metal, it's a bad rule yeah. choice. But I said, yeah, it but look. It, there is no world, no world where your movie is made with a fucking song that is not Heavy metal. The movie is called Rampage. Fucking cast the goddamn Osborne family, and I won't knock you for their acting because they made the metal. But have you heard Darren Edgerton sing? He can do. That's why I he said it's it's more of a rock. His, his singing style is like Elton John. He's done rock. He can rock do style. his singing. It's not. Is it's like, not Metallica, but it's also John, it's they're not, not gonna Rampage. put out. They're not. Elton John gonna, is Rocket Man. I heavy love metal, John. Johnny. Heavy metal heavy does metal not get put on the radio in that right now. When you're putting out a movie like this, when you're putting out a movie like this, you you want to advertise that song and you want it to be out there for people to hear at least some. So that's why so here's, for the song. So here's but, what you do. Here's what you do. You are pitching your movie for, okay, fans of the game. I'm going to make it a big 
monster movie, but I'm going to make a song that like general audiences are going to like, no, you, there are no hardcore fans of rampage. It's an arcade game. You just play it for fun. I am a hardcore fan of rampage. And what I would love in a rampage movie is all of a sudden in the middle of it, you have like a fucking metal concert and they're singing a song called rampage. And then it gets stepped on by a giant gorilla. Like you could so easily have done yours with a song for fans of like a big monster movie. And instead you chose like the fucking star of pitch perfect, which anyone who cares about rampage shits all over pitch perfect. Like, and anyone who's a fan of big monster movies doesn't give a shit about Anna Kendrick singing. Like that's, that's my problem with yours. Like I thought mine was somehow a, uh, yeah, and it can, like an acapella song but of scientists here, doing. Let's a get let's get back song. to the what movie because you're, you're, you're ripping my song instead of the movie. Look, if because the song your rule out, choice makes your movie null and void. Not no, it does not because your movie is boring and dull for for a, for a rampage movie. You might Wrong. have some it's good edges, things- but you you need an hour and a half to an hour forty five minute action not movie with monsters tearing through tearing through cities. And, with, and it's a throwback that. to the old school Godzilla movies. As far as that storyline, you have fun. You have Jeff Goldblum and and who's a who can play a fun, crazy scientist for one thing who created this. And that fun, crazy. He's not going to be the um, Ragnarok guy. He'd be a better fit for he, your song. He sings jazz. He sings right, jazz. Yeah, we have our arguments song the song. I f- okay, I here's I here's okay. Bob Bobby has his his shit with his, but like. I don't know. Bobby sounds exactly like the shitty, um, like the new Rampage movie that came out. It's just it's it's, it's a rock good, movie. Is no, as good it's just, as it's, it's, it's as good as you're gonna do it with an. It's modern skyscraper movie. and all that. It's just a movie with the Rock being himself for the movie, which is which is with, exactly with at, what with you can, trying to be action, but which is exactly what you can hope for for a big monster movie. The only way to do Rampage Rampage the way the game presents it is make it a. Japanese monster movie and give it to the dude who just did the newest Godzilla movie over in Japan, which is fucking awesome. King of the monsters, not the, not, not the American the one, not King of the monsters, but like the actual Japanese which, version of Godzilla Shin, that just came Shin, out. Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Make, make yours that give it that people and make yours a Japanese song. And I'm like, fuck, I can't fight it. But like you made yours. There's, a cap on how good your movie is. There's no way it's even a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Mine, I think the, I think, um, I think King Kong is a very non-talked about movie that was awesome by Peter Jackson. And I want something that feels like that because we haven't gotten anything like that in a long time. Mine's going to be closer to the tone of that and the new Planet of the Apes movies. Um, and, and still be a good action drama with, Plenty of character development and also awesome fucking monsters destroying the city of Los Angeles. It's going to get nominated and win a bunch of awards. And your movie is basically like if you were like, all right, Justin Bieber's about to do a metal song. Like, but it listen, so your, but your movie, though, in order to have enough focus on the characters that you're talking about and have enough action scenes to, to make please it two and a half people, hours, it'll be fine. Johnny, to, to, in, in order and to please the people that are going to see a rampage movie, it, it, it's going to be over two and a half hours long. Because okay. You're the, King you're Kong the one who said long. there are no but, hardcore rampage fans. So if someone's going to go see my movie, no, no. they're not going for rampage. They're going but for Peter. Har- Jackson. I mean, I mean, Boom, hardcore rampage. The argument. there's I nothing mean, else I can say. Hardcore I rampage fans as in like, so, 
people played that game. It's like, this is a really fun arcade game. Oh, okay, let's see Monsters Destroy a City because that's what the game is. That's that's the extent of a fan of Rampage goes. You're not going to have someone that's a hardcore fan of Rampage and see this heavy drama and be like, wait, what is this? Why did they turn this simple, as simple premise as you can get arcade game into a social commentary drama with because like, it's good. That's that like, long and drawn like, out. Here's it's my thing. Work. If I right, if there's a very small if right. there's a Joe, very small Joe's audience for it. hardcore yeah. rampage fans, my movie's not for them. It's for the general public and it's for the academy. That's my movie's not, not the for the public. audience. That is not a academy. general public movie. Yeah, like because right. King Kong didn't make any money. Like that right. wasn't a Tristan. What movie. what are you thinking right now? You know, I I like the King Kong comparison. I really liked King Kong a lot, and I think. It's one of those weird movies that's like a big, crazy action movie that also did get like Oscar buzz around it. And I think they literally had like a ride at Universal based off of King Kong, but it also got Oscar nominations. So it's kind of a, the one good example of like a hybrid of those kind of appeals. So I get the Oscar bait uh, rule choice. I think he defended that pretty well. But I, de- I, th- I think Bobby's is more of what a rampage movie would actually ever be. Like there's no world where they decide let's turn this arcade game into a four hour Oscar bait movie with a bunch of A-list like Oscar winners. I think if this movie is ever actually going to get made, it's going to get made into like a solid, enjoyable action movie. That isn't anything that you're going to remember in 10 years, but it's something you're going to enjoy and you're going to watch. It's going to make it some money. So I'm going for, for Bobby on this one. All right. So what Tristan said actually changed my opinion, but before, before uh, we didn't change my opinion, but it solidified my opinion. But before we go to my ruling, we have some live comments for once, I guess. So uh, Cole McNeely says Bobby is right on his heavy metal comments for sure. Not the right choice in 2020, but the right choice for a rampage. Ben uh, 58 said, I'm not sure Johnny's pitches are better, but he argues the best. I agree with God that. Damn right. Johnny That's is way true. more passionate about stupid things like this. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Cole. Cole brings up Taylor Swift. Like she's Taylor country. Swift is country. Let's not pretend. So yeah, she's not. I'm all for she's the country. Love. I'm a big So Tristan said that. Like Tristan to me solidified what Johnny said of like Rampage when they make it is going to be a movie that no one's going to remember in 10 to 15 years. It's just kind of your typical boring action movie. However, Johnny compared his movie a lot to the Planet of the Apes movies in King Kong. And King Kong came out in 2005 and it's still a great movie that people that were fans of that movie and saw that really? movie love that movie and talk about. And I feel like Bobby's movie is basically a lot of the same as the original Rampage, but instead of animals that get uh, the serum, it's just people. And outside of that, it's a lot of the same movie where Johnny's movie sounds more interesting to me because they haven't tried to make a video game movie, a serious drama. Mm-hmm. They keep just trying to make it a fun, dumb action movie over wow. and over and over again. And every video game movie has been terrible. This so, is my, so did this I is- win? This is my Fuck Catwoman yeah. one. This no, is my. Bobby, this is my. Catwoman. Yours was yours so was, bad. No, it's not. I, it my, wasn't bad. I went back and forth good. so many times. And then what Tristan said at the end of basically Rampage is just going to be boring and forgettable, anyways. I'm like, well, I don't. Which know. Which was none of our arguments. <laughs> it's it, well, well, my thing with it is like, like Bobby even said in his, he basically, I think you hurt yours by saying. There's no hardcore fans of Rampage, and then you're like, yeah, that's but, part of what but when fans like- of Rampage won't like your movie. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit about the fans of Rampage. 
Like, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, there's more Peter Jackson fans and there's more King Kong fans than there are Rampage fans. So I went to appease them. But, yeah, all right. I was uh, I was passionate about that one. So, yeah, I'm glad I, yeah. I'm glad I won that. So that Bobby means I, I yeah, win. So, you, you so now extra... yeah, the next two are I get two more to try to get some repeater rolls against Bobby. Yeah. I don't know where to go here because, yeah, one of mine might solidify you uh, – <laughs> <laughs> um, having that advantage over me next time. So let's let's go with okay. uh, <laughs> one of mine is definitely you're gonna win it. Let's go with Assassin's Creed, and I'll let Johnny go. Oh well, that's not the one. So, I feel like right. I know what Johnny's rule is on Assassin's Creed. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I, I love I love Tim Burton. You know. Um. No. Okay. Here's my. Uh, wait. I'm going first. Yeah. Oh, wait, are are we gonna get a rundown? Joe, read your shit. Eight. Can I? I'm gonna run to the bathroom really quick. So. So you guys can vamp after the uh, all right, all description. Right. So Assassin's Creed is a movie from 2016. Got an 18% on the old Rotten Tomatoes, which is a website Solid. owned by, website owned by uh, Warner Brothers, which is why it's weird when people say Disney pays off Rotten Tomatoes for higher Rotten Tomatoes scores. You know what? They're both gone. No one's ever explained on this show how Rotten Tomatoes works, and people might not know. So Rotten Tomatoes is a website where they take uh, various reviews from across uh, different reviewers. They go, they submit their review, and then Rotten Tomatoes takes those reviews and they determine was that a positive review or a negative review. And so basically, if a movie has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, that means 18% of re- reviewers gave it a 6 out of 10 or higher. And that's how Rotten Tomatoes reviewers work. Anyways, Assassin's Creed, 18%. Joe, I heard all of that and I respect all of it. Love it. Is it? Thank you. It's a science fiction action film that stars Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, Jeremy Irons, and Brendan Gleeson. The story is about Callum Lynch, who explores the memories of his ancestor, Aguilar de Narja, and gains the skills of a master assassin before taking on the secret Templar Society. Cool. And there we go, I'm trying man. to figure yeah. out what, what pitches Bobby hasn't done yet. He hasn't done All right, I'm a here. Tim Burton movie, <laughs> and he hasn't done... An Oscar bait movie. Okay. All right. Interesting. I, I think I know where Bobby's going to go with this. So I'll do mine. Um, all right. My Assassin's Creed movie. My director is uh, David Leach, who did Atomic Blonde, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Deadpool 2. Um, my lead is going to be named Edward Kenway. That's going to be played by Timothy Chalamet. My lead Templar, uh, which is the villains, is going to be played by Ben Mendelsohn, who there's no no one better in the business to play a uh, bad guy. Uh, my lead, uh, or my, uh, and then my head assassin uh, for the assassins, like, I guess, Creed, I don't know, organization, is going to be Charlize Theron. And then my Blackbeard is going to be played by Jeff Bridges, because I'm making mine a pirate movie, which will include Jack Sparrow, so that is my rule. Um, Because if anyone is not familiar with the Assassin's Creed games, there is literally, like, two games that are set as uh, pirates. There's an Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So mine will be based uh, more closely on on those games where uh, there's no time travel needed uh, in mine. So... My movie is set in the 18th century. It's about a young pirate named Edward Kenway. Um, he is on the deck of Captain Blackbeard's, uh, Blackbeard's ship. He's excited for the possibilities his new adventurous life will bring. He interacts with the rest of his crew until the ship is attacked. Edward escapes and is uh, with his life, but his crew is all dead and the ship is sunk. 
He floats to the shore on a wooden plank where he is found by a group of assassins known as the Assassin Order. He explains what happened and the group informs him of the political group known as the Templars who are gaining popularity in Britain by wiping out pirates. Edward trains with the assassins and soon becomes a very skilled one himself. He is determined to get revenge on the Templars as an assassin. He must find uh, a captain willing to take him on to Templars and kill them all. The Order of Assassins tell them that they have a prisoner who swears to be a captain and might be able to help. The prisoner is none other than Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack and Edward captain a small ship to charter from island to island and ship to ship, searching for and assassinating the Templars. Edward was not only overcome the evil reign of the Templars, but also double crosses by uh, the treacherous Jack Sparrow. So that's my movie. It's an assassin pirate movie that makes more sense than Bobby's. All right, Bobby, what, what do you got for Assassin's Creed? All right, so my Assassin's Creed is going to be directed by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Hell or High Water and directed Wind River. Um, it's going to star uh, Channing Tatum. Uh, I'll get into the roles, but his name is going to be Connor, as well as another name. Um, his trainer, is, or someone else in there, is going to be Gil Birmingham, who is in Hell or High Water as Jeff Bridges' partner. Um, Robert E. Lee in the movie is going to be played by Jeff Bridges. Um Connor's father is going to be played by Sean Bean. Uh, and then his love interest is going to be Marianne Cotillard, a French woman who's living um, when the British came over, kind of like Lafayette was in like Hamilton. Uh, and then George Washington is going to be played by Christian Bale. Uh, and if you couldn't tell kind of by the cast and like this, the kind of serious tone I'm going for, I'm going to make this an Oscar bait movie. Um, and the reason I have Channing Tatum and, and who has shown he can do great acting in uh, uh, Foxcatcher is he is part he is actually part Native American, but obviously looks white, which is exactly what the character is in Assassin's Creed Three, because he is part white and part Native American, and the story is that he's blending in. He has to be able to blend in with the British with the English. So this is an actual period piece. There's no references to the present. That's what made the normal um, that or the Assassin's Creed movie really boring. Johnny did the same thing, which is smart. Um, it's based on Assassin's Creed III, which takes place during the Revolutionary War. Um, so half Native American, half English, English um, Redatonkitan, uh, a.k.a. Connor, who's our lead, whose father is the Grand Master of the Templar Order of the Colonies. Um, Connor gets caught up in the, in the Assassin's complex, Conflict with the Templars um, when his Native American village is attacked by the Templars who intend to seize control of the country. The story spans two decades of his life from 1960 or 1760 to 1783, traveling to major cities like Boston and New York, seeing different versions of, it, of historical events we know, but within the context of the Templar assassins um, world. Uh, for example, Connor is framed for instigating Boston massacre. Um, and he is going through these different cities, assassinating the Templars. Um, and the movie in the beginning, it's more of the training of, of Connor by the assassins, which is going to be Gil Birmingham. Um, and he's going to have to blend in with the British to and the founding fathers in order to help out George Washington, played by Christian Bale, um, to try to help get rid of this threat to this new founding country. Um, uh, it's a father-son conflict where you have the villain being the lead leader of this evil organization. It, it addresses government, government corruption at the time at the creation of our country and racism as, as, and as far as historical things go. Um, and it's a period piece with the historical events, making it an Oscar contender. Um, and it's, you know, uh, Taylor Sheridan can do very brutal and 
very serious action, as you've seen in Wind River. He writes very brilliant stories with good twists in Hell or High Water with different um, characters and stories events. Uh, Channing Tatum, who's I'm not he's not going for like best lead actor. The assassin is, you know, he's he's going to be very good. He's going to be like he is in Foxcatcher, which he could have gotten nominated. He's like borderline. But we have a lot of good supporting cast around him and you have historical events and political and all that stuff that makes it more of and also a period piece that makes it a Oscar bait movie. All right, my question for, well, Tristan, do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, I'm kind of a simp for the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, I, I buy every single one that comes out, like, day one. Even though I know they're going to be bad now, I just keep buying them. Like, maybe they're going to be good now. <laughs> so I'm definitely happy that you guys both took, like, takes on specific games. Like, it's, you went for Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Johnny, and Bobby went for Assassin's Creed 3. So you guys are definitely more so than the uh, movie trying to pay tribute to the games that inspired them. My big question is that there's a through line in the games of this sort of alternate history where the Templars have these sort of ancient pieces of tech they're using to mind control or to manipulate people. Is that going to be at all present in either one of your movies? Nope, because that shit's dumb. (laughs) No, it's going to be more of a corrupt organization. Um, They're going to be controlling people just almost like a cult in that sense, not actual mind control. Yeah, I think the worst part and the reason I stopped playing the Assassin's Creed games is anything to do with the modern history of it. Like, oh, we're a modern guy, and then we use this weird, stupid technology. So I wanted to get rid of any technological um, aspect of Assassin's Creed because that would make the games better, and that would make the movie better. As of right now, I'm leaning towards Bobby's. I think it's exciting to get a take on the... American Revolution, we don't have a lot of uh, movies set in that time period. Uh, and I think it, it interacts with historical events directly, which I think is a lot of the fun appeal of the Assassin's Creed games. You're meeting actual famous people in, in actual famous events, and I think I would have a lot of fun watching that. And it'd be fun to see an Assassin's Creed movie actually be taken seriously by uh, critics and hopefully get some Oscars. All right. my Yeah, my question for Bobby specifically is, like, I feel like casting Channing Tatum as like a part white, part Native American, even though like that's part of the storyline as he's supposed to look white and blend in. Is that like, how is that not going to be a problem for people? Especially um, like yeah. Twitter people? Because that is, that is actually literally what the game that is. He looks, roasted on no, Twitter. no, but that's the thing. He looks white he gets most of his looks. He looks very white and that's the whole point. Of, okay. But um, is of Channing that. Tatum a Native American? He has Native American heritage, yes, and that's the whole. Like, like what are you going ancestors.com and he's like one. <laughs> no, like but it's second. If you Native like, American, yeah, no, he is, no, but he is. No, but he is. But there, but you know, every, every white person is probably part Native American. Like, it, it, you know, we live in America; we stole their land. <laughs> the story of the game is he has to blend in, and you can't look anything at all like a Native American. So, if you're going to do that storyline, at least have someone with that heritage. That's just kind of a problem you run into as far as that story. But you that's the that's the whole point because he's gonna be the bridge between them. You get to see both cultures, you see how they were affected by the revolution and by America being founded and that they were kind of they were very wronged. In this case, it's a lot of the Templars, but then you also have um, the founding fathers and George Washington who are kind of pushing them aside as well, um, and him trying to be that bridge because he is involved on that side too. So you 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 know, you you get that 
you know, if you look up just Native American actors in general, all, there, there are very few, which is sad. Like, hopefully a story bringing stories like this and also bringing in um, who I brought in, uh, Gil Birmingham, who is, he is pure Native American, who's going to be his teacher. And you have that whole cast there that is in the village is going to be Native Americans. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be where you get more of that representation because he has to go blend in and, and be that kind of bridge and, and, um, you know, that you have to at least find someone who can do that. Channing Tatum can also do action and he can be pull off serious drama as we've seen in Fox, Fox catcher. All right. I've, I looked it up. Channing Tatum may be up to a quarter Native American. So, Which is pretty wow. good. A quarter. Like he's, it's not like he's 0.05%. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I'll not knock you on that, I guess. Because if he took some 23andMe shit and they said he's like 20% Native American DNA, Twitter people would be hard to like roast him on that. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't cast a pure white guy. That's what you yeah. got to do. Okay, for I'll, that. I'll give That's, you. I'll give you chance. Which honestly you. isn't very Oscar-y. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Except the rest of the cast and also the Native yeah. Americans in the village. Okay. Here's my thing with Bobby's is that. Yeah. Fight it out. Um. I, I think at least like when I picked my Oscar bait movie, I picked a shit ton of people and a director that have been nominated for multiple Oscars. Bobby, I don't think did that. I don't think he fills out the these people make a movie every year and they're going to get nominated for an Oscar uh, type of thing. Like there's no way like Channing Tatum's never getting nominated for this. Tyler Sheridan, like Taylor Sheridan, maybe. But Christian like, Bale, Marion Cotillard. Okay, Christian Jeff Bale. Bridges, okay. Oh, um, here's my other thing, Bobby. Who was the lead woman in the uh, shitty original uh, Assassin's Creed movie? Do you remember? Uh, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, but I wish I did not like, remember you that. But you know the what? Same woman. But she, in she's it. a. But she's in a very different, very different role. Oh yeah, and she's very actually different role. Yeah, doesn't yeah, have any connection. She's, the she, she's in the present day as a scientist. She's not yeah, in the she's past. The she's the lead. Not, okay, but she, like, she's, she's present day scientist. So I put her in a better role. So it's a better okay, version of her casting. Same person. Better, better version of that casting, though. You might as well have put. Michael Fassbender, who has Oscar, um, you know, nominations instead of Channing Tatum and just been like, I'm just going to pretend the first one doesn't exist and just cast the same people bank and Oscar movie. Like, I think you casting Marion Cotillard in yours proves that just because you throw someone into a bad movie, it doesn't make it an Oscar movie. But like that's not Marianne what Cotillard, I did. A, this is a very different movie. What you did. It's a very yeah, different You made movie. a very different movie, but like... I don't get how yours is Oscar-y, like not even in any bit whatsoever. And you're you have just heavy drama you're, you're, and you have a lot of political yeah, and very, events. You have there's historical events. Okay. Okay. Joe, Joe has this thing on this. My, my big fight on you is what you just said. I, I, I think, um, <laughs> I think Assassin's Creed has room for fun action and fun characters but also some some good action and good violence. And, you know, David Leach did Atomic Blonde. He did Hobbs and Shaw. I think those, just if you look at those two movies, you have great action in one. You have really funny character moments and good character moments in that. He's shown that he can do the two characters that don't get along, but they're the leads of the movie in Hobbs and Shaw. That's what mine's going to be. It's going to be Jack Sparrow with a fucking pirate assassin who, you know, I think my fit for a pairing with, Jack Sparrow in terms of the straight man works a lot better than your Ryan Gosling choice. 
um, in in your other in your other movie, mine will will have better action. It mine's gonna be closer to like a better version of like American Assassin. If you saw that like Michael Keaton movie that I thought was pretty good, I thought was a fun little action movie. That's I think at best like that's what you're gonna get out of Assassin's Creed. But you have the dude who you know who did the stunts and stuff for for John Wick. So I think the best thing you're gonna get out of Assassin's Creed is some good action, and I think good action doesn't help an Oscar movie in terms of the type of action you are going for. So, but with your, so this is the thing with Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, especially early on, um, the story is one of the things that drew people into it. And then when, when they, when this movie was coming out, it was praised as this could be the first movie that makes that legitimizes yeah, it was um, pretty game movies. Sucked. Yeah, but listen, so it, it it was supposed to be that one of the movies that legitimizes video game movies. It was terrible, mm-hmm. but it had. But the reason people thought that is because you have a very you have a lot of very good story elements to draw on, and it can be very critically praised. That's what a lot of people are saying going into it is like this has and a lot because of, Michael Fassbender was a fan of the game. But listen to this. It's be, but it's they. Um, there's a lot of things you can draw on and story elements and and human drama. Mm-hmm and historical events that could make it a very critically praised movie that people love where yours, like you argued with my rampage, which lost is going to be very generic, a little bit more, a lot more forgettable of a movie. It's going to be like the video game movies that have been made where, okay, if it's passable, maybe it's a 50, 60% decently fun movie where you have Jack Sparrow, but it's not going to be, what breaks through what, what I'm pitching is a movie that could possibly break through and make a lot more video game movies be made in the future, because this will have the critical acclaim kind of like the dark Knight did for superhero movies. That's what this movie could be. And that's what the potential it has. No, I don't think so at all. I I think, I think my movie is literally more Oscar Beatty than yours. And I didn't even use that rule. Like I have Timothy Chalamet, Ben Mendelsohn, Charlize Theron and Jeff Bridges in my movie, which are all way more Oscar caliber cal- caliber actors than your movie did. And you're I'm just going trying back to cast to, you're going back to this, like, You're going back to this argument. I know I'm going back to the rule, so shut the fuck. <laughs> I, I have a lot of Oscar nominated people. I have Oscar caliber okay, director all, and no, writer and the and, story. Right, I think I'm going back. One sec, one second. Because I keep going back in the same fourth. But I just wanted to make the point that mine is literally better for Bobby's role than his own movie. My, my main point, pitch. except no, except yeah, because I didn't pitch that. My, I pitched right. a movie with Jack Sparrow, and you know what? Jack, Jack, Jack Sparrow is fun when he is with you know a character that right. needs him but doesn't trust him. So, you guys know where right you're going, yeah. I okay. think I know, Tristan. What do you I mean? Saying? Whatever. What I mean, I, did, I never even talked about my Johnny, movie, Bobby just yeah, like, talked but, about his own, yeah. But if I don't well, win, what do you want? Is there anything you want to say about your movie? You want to say about yours? My main, my main thing is just that I think to stay true to the original games, you have to have someone that kind of like learns to become an assassin and kind of does his thing. And you my have movie? some good violent action and you don't have it set in the, like if you were to pick my main thing, if you were to pick from the games, what's a better storyline, you either go original Assassin's Creed or you go with like the ones that went way different, like the pirate one. And I think like probably the worst received and, the game that people care the least about is the one that Bobby's pitching. The fucking That's revolutionary not true at all, actually. Hundred percent true. I all right, know, Tristan, what, what do you think? 
after you I'm turn. I'm still leaning towards Bobby here. I think he defended his Oscar bait uh, pick well. I think Assassin's Creed, as he argued, is ripe with potential for commentary, potential for really critically acclaimed aspects. You have history. You have it's very timely. People are starting to criticize the founding fathers and criticize the history of the United States. And I think that's something that Assassin's Creed as a whole franchise has always been about, like questioning your heroes and revealing the dark truth behind history. And I think Bobby does that. It, it goes into the real history of the founding fathers of the United States. It doesn't have to devolve into, into like just action and fun. And I think if you, if I criticize Rampage for being just kind of like a fun, but ultimately forgettable movie, I think that Johnny's is that here. It's sure it'd be fun to see see Captain Jack and Assassin's Creed running around doing pirate stuff, but the ultimate complaint about that game is that the story was like non-existent and it was just other oh, pirates are cool, and like that would be the same thing I'd feel about that movie if I saw it. And I think that Bobby's has great potential to be an Oscar an Oscar winner. I think it has great potential, like he said, to be the one movie that actually sells people on video game movies and actually makes people go out and see it and makes people take them seriously. And I think Assassin's Creed is a movie to do that. So I'm going for Bobby. All right. I'm going to preface this by saying the only thing I know about Assassin's Creed is you can jump from like clock towers into hay bales. <laughs> and so it's where my knowledge of Assassin's Creed starts and ends. Uh, but my thing is, I disagree with Johnny that I feel like Bobby's is Oscar bait. There is like maybe his cast isn't completely like each one has like 20 Oscar nominations, but he still has it's still a period piece. It still has ties to history. It questions the forefather, the the fucking founding fathers, which no um, person in the academy would ever vote for, ever. They only vote for fake political views. They don't vote for real shit. Get off I mean, your Bobby actually pitched real shit. And that's why. And isn't the they vote for Green Book over Black Klansmen? Like Bobby fucking pitched the shit that's not getting voted for. He got nominated, and that's the whole point. Yeah, Parasite won. Not one. Not one in shit. I, don't know, right. I feel like the Academy is changing, but like it deals with racism. Nope. It deals with uh, pretty sure this movie does uh, <laughs> <laughs> too much. Probably too much. Johnny. And Johnny's, it just feels like another kind of pirates of the Caribbean assassin average action movie that I've seen. Yeah, mine before. feels like you have to use the rule to cast <laughs> fucking Jack Sparrow. So RIP <laughs> Jack Sparrow rule, but I will not miss you. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> But yeah, if you ha- can't tell already, I'm going with Bobby's. But we do have some uh, some live comments. Cole McNeely said, "Glad Bobby went all out on decorating his background again." I know. I, yeah, I he's, he's very good about it. About it. Room yeah, right now. He also said, "Bail as Washington is odd." He it's says, a terrible decision, but I didn't get into that because I was like, "My movie sucks." <laughs> <laughs> I like Bobby's plot a lot better, but some of the casting is questionable. Uh, oh. Yeah, Michael said Christian Bale could play anyone. Michael just disagrees with Cole, <laughs> no matter what the other person says. Uh, Michael says Marion Cotillard's death in The Dark Knight Rises is the greatest piece. Of That's the reason of all time. she's no longer an Oscar baby actress, and she's in the original one. <laughs> I also forgot that completely. Right. Yeah, that was a dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> that was bad. All right, by so you. we're gonna go with uh, Warcraft and uh, Johnny, who's. Who's going to go first? I don't know. I guess Bobby. Who gives a shit about Warcraft? I've been interested, apparently. Uh, R.I.P. my next match. All right. I'm yeah, gonna well, go. well, you both are pitching a Tim Burton 
mine, Warcraft movie. Yeah. So I, I so like mine. I, based on my pitches, I need Tristan to be the judge to win this at all. <laughs> <laughs> so my my background on Warcraft: twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, directed actually by David Bowie's son. That's something. Uh, Warcraft is an action fantasy film starring Travis Fimmel, Paula Patton, Ben Foster, Dominic Cooper, and Toby Kebbell. The film portrays the initial encounters between the humans and the orcs and takes place in a variety of locations established in the video game series. There you go. Tell me about your Warcraft. All right. Um, so my, as you know, we're both pitching Tim Burton's Tim Burton movies. I tried to make it a little bit more unique um as far as a tim burton movie goes and you'll see kind of how um but my lead uh who's going to be a mage and also you'll see what happens with the movie is going to be played by sholo maraduena who is the lead of cobra kai um he's miguel um i I have uh andy circus is going to be playing an orc uh helena bottom carter is going to be a uh, death knight who works with the villain and then my villain is going to be mads mickelson uh, and that's kind of all I cast for that. But so what I want to do is bring Tim Burton back in a movie that you can create this fantastical world with solid source material, um, but kind of put a little twist and not just straight fantasy. Um, so in my movie, my lead character played by Sholo is going to be sucked into his own game of World of Warcraft. So it's going to be more of a technological, kind of more like a Jumanji-ish where he's going into the video game type thing. Um, it has a it's fantasy with a tech angle since he's trapped in the computer. He's a mage, so you have the human element of the lead instead of like an orc or something as the lead. Um, the world looks like very Tim Burtony. Um, he interacts with a lot of different players in the game who are actually people outside of the world. Uh, the World of Warcraft Warcraft world does actually exist digitally with sentient NPCs keeping the world in line. A corporation has downloaded new NPCs tasked to take over the world of Warcraft so they can control everything everything and monetize it for their own personal gain. Uh, and that's why he, they sucked him in because he's one of the best players in the world. And you have a group of a bunch of different types and uh, classes, I think, of, War, of Warcraft characters that are going to take him in and teach him the ways in there and try to take out these NPCs that are in. So it, it becomes a World of Warcraft, Warcraft training. Um, you, you get into the politics of the world and it's a it's a fun movie. You have a young kid, Sholo, who's going to be a really good lead. He's great in Cobra Kai. Um, and I, I just, I, I think if you take the world of Warcraft too seriously, like they tried to do in that first one, where it's like, this is the serious world. It, it just gets too bland and boring. Um, so I tried to make it a little bit more fun. Uh, something Tim Burton can do a little bit differently than most of his movies uh, and have kind of that training kind of element with a younger kid as the role. All right, Johnny, what do you Interesting. got? Interesting. Um, okay. My movie is obviously a Tim Burton movie. who's a shitty director, so don't try to pitch a good movie. Um, my uh, Here's my, my roles. My lead orc is Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is in Godzilla, Age of Ultron, Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. My orc king is Johnny Depp. My lead human woman uh, is Mia Wasikowska, who is Alice in Alice in Wonderland. And my human queen is Helena Bottom Carter. And here's my pitch. In a world torn by warring orcs and humans, two star-crossed lovers, an orc man and a human female, try and run away together but are prevented by their families and the history between them. 
that's my whole pitch because my movies is straight up remake of uh, Romeo and Juliet, but between orcs and humans made my Tim Burton because you know who doesn't make movies anymore uh, that are any good or original Tim Burton. So the only way he could do this movie is if he just like did a remake of uh, Romeo and Juliet. And it's just like, yeah, well I'm going to make an orc and a, and a woman fall in love with each other. Cause uh, mine's a more, realistic pitch for what Tim Burton would actually do now. Cause he's doing shit like Dumbo and big eyes and a bunch of garbage. Um, and, uh, well, and like that's my Tim your rule choice. When I the other person has the same rule. Yeah, we have <laughs> the same rule choice. Um, but one of us used it realistically. And one of us just pitched it, not a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> so no, that's no, like my... it, as short as Johnny's pitch was, it felt more of a Tim Burton movie to me of just like the, so I just, Bobby, I want to hear why yours is what I would take out of a Tim Burton movie. So what Tim Burton does well is he creates worlds and he creates a, a an immersion. So you can get lost in the visuals. Not in 20 years. But literally not in 20 years. He hasn't, hasn't done, done anything like that in so long. Johnny, what he has not done in 20 years is tell a good story to go along with his visuals. But yeah, visuals um, are so good now in Wonderland, man. Love that show. But like Miss Peregrine, <laughs> for like that that movie looks great, and that's what it got praised. It, it it very draws you in, and you get lost in the world. But the story was bland. What I the last thing I want to see Tim Burton do is a very serious movie like yours. It sounds like a romance, like a it's Romeo and Juliet. I mean, that's yeah. the last that's the last thing I want to see Tim Burton do. I want it to be a little bit more room for well, you're fun. Dumb. Well, well, it's going to be basically this is going to be a um, it's like that. Your it's movie like a, is going to be Jumanji, but by Tim Burton, which are two movies that literally like two things that couldn't be further apart from each other. Like the new Jumanji where somebody had sucked into a new, video game and Tim Burton. And like, oh, God, that, it has that plot line doesn't mean it's the tone of that. It's not that you but literally it's, brought that up. I know because so that's hitting you on something you mentioned. No, but that's because it's that's because I want to acknowledge that yes, it's a similar plot line to what they did in Jumanji. But I think that's a good way to go with Warcraft because it's World of Warcraft to people outside of the games. It's more known for being this crazy video game that people get obsessed with than the actual story and world because there really is no story with World of Warcraft. So I wanted to do is make a Wrong. story with World of Warcraft that people that are not fans of the game would be like, oh, I recognize that as a video game and he's going in there. That sounds more interesting to me than taking something that's very open because World of Warcraft is a lot of, it's it's very, very open. It's an MMO. You have little storylines and things that are played out like in like seasons and whatever. It's a, it's a long, big standing game, but not a lot of people know the storyline of those of those things. So if you, if you premise it of this is a actual video game movie, I think this is the movie to do that, to bring people in. Because it's it's been parodied a million times with like South Park and all that. It's known yeah. as being a video game that literally sucks people in and gets people obsessed. So play on that a little bit and um and have more of a up and coming kid learning the ropes, which could be fun. You have different type, different class training him, which is where Tim Burton. <laughs> Joe just you? sneezed <laughs> off his headphones. That was insane. Get all he sneezed so hard his headphones flew off. I know. But you get all the different classes oh, of characters and the and character designs, and you get with Tim Burton, you get a story that he could have would hopefully could bring back, you know, 
his more style that he was telling back in the nineties and all that. But uh, I, I think he could, he could do this well enough to make a fun movie, especially with the leads. Like I find Sholo very charming and no matter if the story is not fantastic, cause it's Tim Burton, like yours wouldn't be either because even if he did a romance movie, it would be really cheesy. It would be really heavy handed because that's what he does. Yeah, it would be a Tim Burton movie. Right. And it would be, um, what's the mo- big eyes, which was terrible. Like, which was like, bad. Right. It would, yours okay, would be. Okay. Okay. Bad. Here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. You're, All right. No Bobby, problem. Bobby, Bobby said his shit already. Okay. Tim Burton's a bad director. He is incapable of making a watchable movie anymore. So, Bobby tried to pitch a watchable movie and then pitch it as a Tim Burton movie. So those things don't go together. I pitched what is a realistic Tim Burton movie. He is a bad director. I pitched him just remaking something because incapable of doing anything original. That's any good anymore. Um, And I actually cast people that would be in a Tim Burton movie. Bobby just picked random actors that have nothing to do with Tim Burton. Other than Helena Bonham Carter, who is also in my movie you know, I, I pick people who have worked with him before for the most part. And look, World of Warcraft does have storylines. It has quests and shit. So, like, they have a Romeo and Juliet type of quest. I'm going to go based on that. We're going to do it based on the one quest that has something to do with Romeo and Juliet. Starcross lovers, orc, and a human. So it has enough for people who like World of Warcraft. Um, but, like, no matter what, like, a Tim Burton movie is going to be bad. So, like, Bobby can defend his and try to act like it's some movie that people want to see, but it's not. So I'm not going to tell you that my movie is a movie you want to see. My movie is more Tim Burton than Bobby's. My movie follows the rule better than his. My movie fits his style more. And my movie is not going to have a bunch of CGI nonsense, which all of the CGI in every Tim Burton movie now is so bad. He can't tell me that... He can't tell me that the visuals in Alice in Wonderland fucking into the watchtower, whatever the fuck that movie is, looks Glass. any better than like an N64 game. Like That's not a Tim Burton movie. But. You know what the last you know what the last good Tim Burton movie visual-wise was? Planet of the Apes. My movie is going to be looking like Planet of the Apes. It's going to be um, practical effects. It's going to be people dressed like orcs. It's going to be people who look weird and cool. Like I think Planet of the Apes was a bad movie, but I think the look of those characters is perfect. Except I just love something. That I he love doesn't... how Tim Roth looks in those movies. So I'm going to go back to something that Tim that he has done before and looked better visual wise. We're going to go back to you know my people are going to be in practical orc costumes and and look pretty cool like they, they all they have to do is look kind of cool like the visuals and the special effects in alice in wonderland like helena bottom carter with the giant head is so terrible your movie is going to be full of bad special effects my movie is going to be fun practical effects like that's my difference like your movie sounds like shit my movie sounds like shit so, but they're both just, shitty movies but Mine is a better movie. Tim Burton movie. Yours has nothing to do with Tim Burton. Like you, you just part of my movie. You pitched see. a movie and then just said Tim Burton. Like your movie is bad. Like, it's just bad, and it doesn't have anything to do with the rule. Mine at least follows the rule, but yeah, both I, suck. I, I, I'm going to keep hitting on that. I am following what Tim Burton has done lately. You fell back on very, very classic Tim Burton. Yeah, like with big eyes, the same actors, and all that. Like if Big Eyes and Alex in Wonderland and all oh, and Dumbo, like all his recent great movies. 
as far wow. as the casting, you're hitting me on casting. You're hitting me on things that he did more back in the nineties with bringing actors back all the time. He brings like one actor maybe along now in his movies. That's pretty much what he's done in his past, like five. So that's, that's kind the of point of the it. rule, but you can't yeah, just but, be like, Oh, I'm going to put whole new people that have basically never worked with someone. No, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch a movie that Tim Burton doesn't know anything about video games. I'm going to make him literally suck someone into a video game. Your movie sounds like a shitty version of the South Park episodes where not only the World of Warcraft episode where they just make fun of people who like World of Warcraft and the episode where Kenny gets sucked into heaven because he's so good at the video game where he has to defend the, the world. Like you literally cast a South Park movie which would be amazing uh, as a funny parody of World of Warcraft by pretty much any other director. No, but but you I did, did that as a Tim Burton movie and then no. made it a serious pitch, listen, and it sounds like shit. Because you are you always just attack, attack, attack. But listen for one second here. So yeah, what I, I did is actually take a movie that he did, like I, that I mentioned, is All Miss right, Perry. We keep fighting over this whole Tim burton thing. I know. So. I'm not doing that. What I'm, I'm not going to focus on whether it's Tim Burton. What I'm going to say is, the the main criticism of that movie is that the lead is actor had no the lead actor was the most boring part of it because they made him with the most boring power and all that. Basically, what I did is they, they a lot of people actually generally liked most of that movie. The visuals were fantastic. Um, a lot nope. of the side characters Wrong. were good, and and they Wrong. they also. Bad. So the two criticisms of that movie, the lead, the lead character that it was sucked bad. and that it was bad and that the director's bad. There's no two criticisms. There's so Daddy, many criticisms of that mic. movie. There is mute, so mute, many mute. criticisms that, of that movie. No, Perceive. you are literally saying, oh, there's only two criticisms of this movie. No, no I'm wrong. There's and, plenty of criticism of that bad movie. I, like I saw that movie. It sucks. It's yo, a bad you, movie. I can get my point real yeah, quick. Yeah, mute me. Obviously. <laughs> All right. So the two main criticisms, because people praised the visuals, they praised the world. What they didn't, what they said is he, they went outside the world too much and made it really boring because he wasn't inside it. This movie is all in Warcraft. They also, the main character had the least interesting powers. He's a mage in this. He's a lot more interesting. Um, he can, if he does something similar to that, it's actually going to be a relatively fun movie. That's all I'm saying, because if, if, if you've seen it and you haven't, that's pretty much what makes that movie boring. The rest of it's pretty cool. So it's doing that with with Warcraft, and I think it would be more fun than a romance in that world. All right, I'm gonna unmute Johnny now. Look, Johnny, again, you you, any final thoughts you, between the I, two of you? All, all I have to say is that Bob, Bobby is trying to pitch a Tim Burton movie as like a watchable movie, and that's a mistake. So he didn't follow his rule because Tim Burton's a a shitty director, and basically this rule. Honestly, should come come down to who cast people in Tim Burton movies and who cast something that he would actually do. Bobby pitched a movie that would never be directed by Tim Burton, and right, then we, said, "You've said this, you got this." I said it, and that's all I need to say. It's it's honestly all right, Tristan. All that what do you think? Said. I already won. Well, after all this yelling, I do have to say that I I'm leaning towards Bobby's. <laughs> I think yeah, Bobby, so. that fucking solid movie that got a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure, it doesn't like good movie. And Tim Burton, but I think <laughs> if, you garbage Tim, if you want to actually give Tim Burton a chance to like have a comeback, he has to get out of his his like wheelhouse and the same actors and the same everything. I feel like Bobby's has a chance of being Tim Burton's genuine comeback vehicle of giving him like this established franchise and letting letting him letting him go off with it. 
and giving a little more of a creative, a creative uh, outlet here without having to let him fall back in his usual casting tropes. I think Johnny sounds interesting because it's sort of like this little one-off story set in the world of Warcraft, but that's the same thing they tried to do with the movie where they're like, oh, this is just like a story and it's all in canon with Warcraft and then it was bad. So I think, sure, Johnny hits the same beats of Tim Burton, but I think that Bobby's would be interesting because I want Tim Burton to have a comeback. He's he's always got good visuals. interview with Johnny on that. I think uh, pretty much all of his big movies have had interesting visuals, whether they're gorgeous and whether they're like well rendered is one thing, but I think they're creative. And I think when you want to do Warcraft, you want creative, you want creative visuals. So I'm going for Bobby. You know, Johnny can tell me to wrap up, but you just talk for like 25 minutes about Warcraft. Yeah, and Joe never gave me the wrap it up banner. We had to mute you <laughs> so that I yeah, could well, talk. Could have done that. He should have done that way earlier. <laughs> All right. So I keep going back and forth on this one because. I feel like Johnny's is more of a Tim Burton movie. I thought the real like, better. But I feel like Bobby's is more of a World of Warcraft movie. Nah. And so it kind of comes, so it's like one of them, like the movie's better, one of them is a rule better. But I'm going to go to the movie I want to see. And while. Bad choice. Similar to things. It's a Tim Burton movie. You have to go the opposite way. <laughs> while it's similar to movies and shows I've seen before. I think I'd rather go with Bobby's Warcraft of him getting sucked into the game and and yeah, uh, no shit. I mean, he he pitched a real movie that would never be made by Tim Burton. Like that's my thing. I followed the rule. Bobby didn't, but he pet he pitched a better movie, no question. But he yeah. didn't pitch a Tim Burton movie. So like, I if I were judge, I would have been like, yeah, well, Bobby didn't pitch a realistic Tim Burton movie because whoever pitched. Whoever pitches the worst movie should win that rule. So I'm glad we're retiring that rule because fuck Tim Burton. His movies are so garbage. So yeah, get rid of him. At least our other pick a director movies are directors that are capable of making decent films, you know, nowadays that haven't been shitty for 20 years. Movies somehow now, like out of like thin air. Frank and Weaver was 2012. That wasn't too bad. So Cole McNeeny says, Bob, if Bobby said the grass is green, Johnny would reply, really? Literally have dry grass outside my house that is brown. That is what Johnny does constantly. He's a very good debater, and he takes things. I have a lot of fucking brown grass. I mean, if we want to get into that, I mowed my lawn today, and I have a lot of dead-ass grass. My shit's dead Um, as fuck. Right. All right, so Johnny won this episode four to uh, three uh, Tristan, what do you think of today's pitches? What pitch did you like the best? Uh, what was, yeah, what, what my, was your favorite my pitch? My favorite pitch is probably Bobby's Assassin's Creed. It's mostly because I'm a sucker for Assassin's Creed, but I think it's the one that I'd actually want to see of the whole lineup here. I think it'd be really fun to see Assassin's Creed actually taken seriously and actually done well. So I'd be a big fan of that. All right. And uh, Bobby lost today. So, Bobby, any final thoughts? What was your favorite pitch right. Johnny's? What's my, my final thoughts are if you swapped who was judging between you two, I think I win because Tristan gave me like five of the points. But um, I think I did That's pretty well. Strategy. I think, I think yeah, Johnny, no, is, Johnny is a fantastic <laughs> debater and he's very difficult to go against. I really did like your, um, your Hitman pitch. Um, mine was ridiculous and I knew it and I, I wanted to make just this crazy movie because uh, I find it entertaining. But I knew it would probably lose if it was a real movie I was going against. So, uh, yeah, but I had a lot of fun. 
Johnny is always fun to go against, even though he's a uh, quite the arguer. Right, yeah, and uh, Johnny is some would say the best arguer of the group of us. What was your I, I, I'm very final? passionate about my arguments. Um, my my favorite pitch of Bobby's was Resident Evil. Um, I thought I could knock against it enough because I I thought that just like Jordan Peele. I I don't love Jordan Peele as a fit for his movie, but I liked the movie he pitched. Um, it was kind of the opposite of the of the uh, or the same, honestly, as the Tim Burton thing. I, I just think he pitched a movie and a director that didn't fit. But I did like uh, like his pitch for that better than mine because I didn't do shit research for Resident Evil. That was one that I knew Bobby would win. So I was like, I'm not wasting Jordan Peele and I'm not going to uh, really do a bunch of research into it. And then uh, I think my favorite pitch for myself was uh, – was either my my Street Fighter or my my Hitman. I think those are the two that I that I game wise I was probably most passionate about because those are the two that I, I kind of know the best. Um, and and honestly, I'm glad I won Rampage. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm still mad about Rampage. I think that would have been a much more fun movie, and I feel like I could have possibly taken Johnny down to two losses, but you know. I, I think the Rampage the Rampage one, especially now looking at the score, was the difference maker. Um, but I tried to pitch the Rampage movie. Honestly, I love Rampage, the game, and I tried to pitch a movie that was so different than the one that came out that it could actually be worth watching. And I thought that Bobby pitched one that was worse than the one that came out and had a bad song. So like that, that's what I, that what I kind of hit him on because I'm like, well, at least like if I'm going to do Rampage, I'm not going to do the movie that came out because that's as fun a Rampage movie as you're going to get. It has the rocket is fun action. That's if you're going to go that direction, that's the best version you're ever getting. So yeah, I, I want a completely different direction. I think if the original Rampage didn't come out and we were just doing like, hey, here's a list of video games, let's pitch movies. And then make them. one. Yeah, Bobby I definitely would have won if that movie I think didn't Bobby would have won, but the problem is his was too similar to me to the original. So I had to go with Johnny. Yeah. Uh, I think overall, my favorite pitch of uh, Johnny's was definitely the uh, hitman pitch and then my favorite pitch of bobby's was probably uh the uh assassin's creed uh revolutionary war pitch and yeah so uh before we sign off here uh i think next week it might be a quick turnaround we're not sure might be a monday episode uh, me and Alex, and we're going to do seven DCOM movies. If you don't know what a DCOM is, it's Disney Channel original movie. So for the first time, we're going to cover TV movies. Uh, I think we have our movies in our rule set, and you'll find out about what those are uh, for the next episode. So, Tristan, if you want to say goodbye to the people and plug anything. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We got under three hours this time, so <laughs> not yeah. bad. My plug is to register to vote. Go to vote.gov.com and you can find your location to do your polling. If you've been registered, you can register if you haven't registered yet. Uh, no matter what side you're on in the debate, it's important to use the rights we have as Americans. It's a very rare privilege to be able to pick our leaders. So it might not be perfect options, but use that right and enjoy that right. So vote.gov, register, please vote. We're just like less than two months away. So take advantage of that right. Yeah. All right, Bobby. Hey. Well, I, I'm not going to follow that with anything that's more important. So, yeah, do go vote. That is that is great. Um, yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm currently re – I'm, like, watching multiple shows right now, but I'm re-watching Firefly with my wife uh, to show her that for the first time. And I'm also 
watching Cobra Kai season two. So uh, I think the, both of those, if you've never seen Firefly, go watch it. Uh, Cobra Kai is a lot of fun. That's why I pitched Cholo. Um, but yeah, uh, had a lot of fun today. I'm looking forward to the Disney Channel original movies because I have only seen a few of them and I'm going to be judging next week. So that should be interesting. All right, Johnny. Um, I'm, I'm happy to win. I'm five and one now. Um, I, I do think even when I don't have the best pitches, I, I, I am very passionate about my arguments, maybe sometimes too passionate. Um, the only thing I want to say is I apologize to, um, Alden Aldenreich because I accused him of being a creeper, uh, molester last week. Aaron, and I right. meant to, <laughs> and I meant to, um, say Ansel Elgort. And I fucked up the names. So, <laughs> Incel Elgort, you're a piece of shit. Uh, Alden Aldenreich, you're cool. Uh, sorry to sorry to get your names wrong and confused last week, but um, I'm going to stand strong that Baby Driver sucks, and that's all I have to stand on right now. All right, yeah, and uh, so I'm uh, hyped to compete against Alex next week in uh, DCOMs. And uh, I think we see Johnny might have his next competitor because there's someone out there that wants a piece of him. Uh, Cole McNeely says, I want to go against Johnny. Let's so, do it. And bring it on, Cole. So, yeah, I, next week is uh, me versus Alex in uh, DCOMs. And I think Bobby's going to be the main judge and Johnny may or may not be the consulting judge. And then uh, the week after, we have Tristan versus our friend Mason uh going up against each other and i'm gonna be the main judge i'm not quite sure who the consulting judge will be it might be johnny it might be somebody else johnny's not available and uh yeah thanks for watching like comment subscribe uh all the fun things so have a nice day